0: Geek shock.
1: shock. Funny man. Vitamin K.
2: <laughs> vitamin K. That's your name now. Yes, I coagulate the blood.
1: Is that what K does?
2: Yeah, it uh, functions in uh, coagulation.
3: Mm.
1: Is it coagulation or coagulation? I Quag. say coag.
2: I say coag.
3: I guess it depends on what part of the country you're from or even part of the world. Whatever. Now
1: his name is Vitamin K.
3: Mm-hmm. It's And I then, think of course, the British would K-Man. probably mispronounce it intentionally. Actually, vitamin. they like to In pronounce Britain, words properly. Vitamin K. Yes. And is it K or, or is it
2: something else like K?
3: Like Like schedule. Z instead of Z? Not yeah. schedule. Schedule.
2: I, I used to love it working at, at, at Ka and, mm-hmm. like, Spanish people... <clears throat> would come up to us, uh, and they'd be in row KK, uh-huh. and they would, they would hold out their ticket, and they'd be like, KK, 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 And it's just like, I have no idea what... Oh, you're row. Vitamin ah. K. So I like that, vitamin better than commander. That would make you commander KK. <laughs> that's right. I'm commander K. K-K. Just one K. 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 K? No.
1: No. K. 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 Vitamin K.
2: Commander K. K? No, vitamin K. Vitamin K. No, I'm not going to be vitamin Vitamin. I'll consider vitamin K, but I'm not gonna be bitumen. I'll I'll be Mitamin K.
3: Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome folks to Geek Shock number six sixty-five. I am 80s Jeff, Commander K.
1: And because Deb is not here, Vlog.
3: Aw. And we're here to talk to you Weekend and Geek. Well, uh, as you can tell, we lost a few people. Not forever. They didn't, they didn't like yes. fall off a cliff or anything. Uh, just we we had Yet. some last minute scratches for people with scheduling conflicts. So at least for right now, you just have the three of
0: us. There we may or may not episode.
1: have Maple Leaf. We'll see how. Yes, goes. his his work
3: has fucked him. Yeah, with last minute scheduling changes. So,
1: do you know how? What what a miracle it is that we've gotten so many podcasts under our belt. I know with more than three people. Yes, it's absolutely. It's mm-hmm. like it's like the one thing that D and D that befalls all D and D groups. They <laughs> oh they, they break up because no one can get
3: together. Is at that the same is time. that what mm-hmm. we're becoming? Or it's like oh well, I can I can do it this day at this time, but right. the rest of the week I'm swamped. Yeah. It, are we turning into the D&D
1: of podcasts now the, every D&D, the D&D campaign every D&D session I've ever run the, the worst question is all right and that's the runner wrap up the game right there okay that was great blah 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 Right, hold on don't one leave when can we play again everyone busts out their oh, calendars yep. or you know like 10 years ago their blackberries or 20 years ago their their physical calendar mm. Oh. Books, you know, the, the,
3: the little pocket calendars. Oh, I yeah. used to have one of those. The little, they like three inches by like two inches, and you just flip it open to the date. You could pencil in something tiny, something in tiny, yeah, oh. or a day planner. Day planner. That's what I was the word I was. hated. Ca- I hated carrying around the little pocket calendar. But the worst was when I was a manager because I had to have a day mm. planner. They made us carry those around because we had to map out a lot of. The work week and stuff, oh, it was terrible. I hated that so much.
1: Yeah, I tried carrying a day planner, but I'm not that organized. So it failed me every time I had one. Now we carry around digital day planners that we look at
3: the calendar. i like, what am I doing this day, this month? Mm-hmm. Now we get spied on
2: day planners. I oh, get yeah. I get fucking alerts from Google like, you have a phone call today in a half hour. And it, it knows that because it read the email where the interview subject sent me a webex invite you know so i can uh, have a Yeesh, have a, a a video meeting with them and it just read the email and like alerts me crazy God, that's handy like, well it, sometimes sometimes it scares the hell out of me cuz it doesn't pick up on cancellations
3: and i'll sit there and it, you have a meeting in a half hour and i'm like what
2: what i thought we canceled <laughs> what
3: Outlook does the same thing to me. Like, uh, if there's a package delivery notice that I get yeah. in my uh, Outlook email. Inbox. Suddenly, I get notifications like "Your package will arrive tomorrow." I'm like, "Why is Microsoft telling me my package is arriving tomorrow?" Or, "You have an upcoming appointment mm-hmm. at
1: this time." And I'm like, yeah. "How the
3: fuck do you know I have an appointment? I didn't add anything into my calendar." I know, I know. I'll plus
1: one that. So uh, now I not only have the notifications from work for uh-huh. every meeting I ever have, and I have meetings every damn day. Right. I also have the the notifications from Google when I do something that's you know non work related. Right. And I get notifications when my washer and dryer are done, <laughs> and I get notifications whenever someone just walks by my house because of the Ring doorbell, which, well, you know what? I'm happy about that. The rest of that is your fault. You set that shit up. Yeah, but I, I got to have that notification if someone's walking up to the door. Because yeah. if someone leaves something outside my house, and I get a lot of packages at my house, uh, I want to be able to just run to the door quickly and grab it and not leave it out there. And the irony
3: of this is Barry actually has a package slot, like it's a, a literal physical thing that you can put the packages in that the delivery companies are supposed to put the
1: packages in, and they don't use it. No, they don't use it, and we haven't told them to use it yet because I got to change the combination. And it was broken oh. for a long time, and it was all it's all this crap. I see, but whatever. I want my ring doorbell working and giving <laughs> yeah. me notifications. That, that's handy.
3: Oh, and also when you buy uh, airplane tickets, it automatically
1: toes you. Yeah. You will be departing tomorrow at 2 p.m. I like, don't, What? I don't mind that because we fly southwest a lot, and you know you got to be there like Johnny on the spot to register to get your. So you're not in like B or C, the C group boarding. I've always gotten into C.
3: I, I could literally like wait for it to click 1201 so that I can start uh, mm-hmm. to ch- my, my online check in. And it's like, you are in group C. Fuck. Yep. Yep. Although it, do. it makes sense now because they've started allowing you to pay to be in group A or B. Yeah. And that's an add-on fee. And I'm not like, that's why nobody gets A or B anymore. You might as well just, if you're not going to pay the extra fee, just accept the fact that you're going to be in group C or group D.
1: Yeah, see, that's not always the case. I. And, and you know what? It's not always luck.
3: a bad thing, but... You don't you don't want to be you don't want to be dead in the front anyway. It just it depends on how long the flight is. If it's two hours, three hours, I'm fine. If it's more than four, uh, the worst was flying down to Orlando from Vegas because there were two screaming children the whole way. Oh no, dude! Uh, my my flight departed was it four hours late? I think it was, it was oh. past the departure time. Oh. So we're flying at night. It's it. We left Vegas it would have would have been about I want to say 11 p.m. our time and got into Orlando like at 5 in the morning no. some bullshit like that cuz of the time changer. I I it maybe it mean later than that. But and then of course I had to knock on Barry and Deb's door. It's like, "I'm here." Uh. <laughs> uh,
1: welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. I doubt, Well, I'm going to have that flight uh come around Christmas time going to Disney. Oh, so it's just terrible cuz uh, like When the two kids were
3: screaming in unison, it was worse. But you would hear one of them start to cry themselves out. And you're like, okay, they're finally going to fall asleep. They'll be quiet. And then the other one would start crying incessantly. And then when that one would start to fade down, you're like, oh, thank God. We're going to have some quiet then. The other one starts up. So I will now be getting some noise-canceling headsets and taking them with me on any future flights. Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Now if you fly across the pond it's a different story oh yeah yeah then you want to spend the extra money cuz you know people aren't going to want to spend the extra money on babies right. you spend the extra money you don't even have to go Get first class business class business class or economy plus economy plus is like what first class is on like united or delta domestically where this it's like two people to a to an aisle not like three
0: so Your international
1: crammed, travel in business class is actually not bad. Oh no, business class is nice. They get the seats to fall all the way down. But we tr- we flew to uh, London, mm-hmm. uh, and we on uh, British Airways, and we flew economy plus. Oh so, okay. And it was in a different section than economy. I took a peek back in economy. It looked like a regular. Regular plane. And there's no way in hell I'm going to sit there for like six, eight hours of flight. Nope. Um, they give you a good meal. They give you they give you booze. They give you whatever you want up there. And they even give you like a little gift package with the things that go over your eyes. So you could sleep. Oh, yeah. It was nice, dude. God, I remember flying Allegiant one time. They have...
3: It was, a, it was an Airbus and no 320. So it was a recently, a, a, a recently built aircraft. It wasn't old. But the seats were those hard plastic seats with not even a full inch of padding Ah. on them. And I swear to God, that two-hour flight felt like it was about four hours long because I was just uncomfortable. And of course, my stupid sciatic nerve was acting up. So the whole time I'm trying to lean on one side and it's just painful. And then I'm like, okay, I can't do it anymore. I have to even things out and there's just no leg room to no. really stretch out you can't really get up in the cabin and ugh. and who okay
1: and I've seen this a lot too where people will bitch online about people who put their seat back mm-hmm. on like mm-hmm. Southwest we're putting the seat back maybe an inch yeah, yeah. you know you're gonna complain about an inch the hell out of here. I've, I've yeah. seen a number
3: of,
2: of like forum and, and blog things where they complain about that
1: inconsiderate asshole
2: that puts their seat all the way back. And it's like... All the way. It what this? never wow. used
3: to be an issue. Yeah. It's, it's only been in recent years. And the weird thing is, a lot of flights don't have the even that inch recline now. You push the button, it doesn't go back at all. Oh, I hate that.
2: I, I don't even understand what the problem is because a lot of people bitch about it. And it's like, I don't care if the person in front of me leans back. People complain about everything.
3: Yeah. Well, you have to bear in mind that it's the mindset of the people that are going to complain. A lot of times they're using that tray table to watch videos on. Mm-hmm. So they're leaning forward. So in their mind, their personal space is being invaded by mm-hmm. that chair moving back an inch closer to them when the reality is they should be sitting back in their seats and being as, as comfortable as possible, because you're leaning forward like that, you can't really get If we're
1: in the position where we're complaining about an inch of space, we've got bigger problems. Well, mm-hmm.
3: yeah. <sighs> I mean, there are already a lot of complaints to the FAA, and the FAA is looking into the fact that the spacing between the seats now is inconsistent with the rules for evacuating the airline uh, in the case of any kind of like water landing or emergency landing, yeah. is that there's not enough... Leg room for you to actually get out and get to an emergency exit. That's funny.
2: They've made seats smaller. They made things more cramped. People are getting bigger. Yep. And they're. they're, Americans, especially.
3: Yeah. And they're trying to cram a whole bunch of shit in there. It's crazy. Not to mention, uh, leg length has gotten Mm -hmm. longer on average for average humans. So (laughs) by reducing the space between the seats. You have nowhere to put your legs, but you can't put your legs in the aisle because that's a safety hazard. You can't really put them under the seat in front of you anymore. So, But anyway. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> air
1: travel sucks.
3: <sighs> that is true. Air travel does suck. But on that note, what geeky things did you guys do this week? Uh, Kirsten, let's start with you. Uh, good question. What I do this week? There was
2: Steve stuff. um, Steve stuff. I know you did a lot of Steve stuff. Steve stuff. What does that mean? Steve stuff usually means movies. Uh, Old movies. Mm -hmm. Did you Um, It's a Wonderful Life It Again? No. No, 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 no. Thank goodness. (laughs) Um, I'm so over mm, that film. (laughs) I have been for years. He brought uh, the Louis Jordan TV pilot thing, and I'm like, I don't want to do that. Hmm. But I managed to entice him because we were just talking spur of the moment and i did a spur of the moment order off of amazon because they had it for less than 10 bucks uh the mist in oh. the uh, black and white edition
3: oh really mm-hmm.
2: and so we got that and watched that and that was actually uh that was actually pretty fun that was actually pretty cool
3: nice i have not ne- i never saw the black and white edition yeah. i mean i really liked the uh the movie when i saw it in the mm-hmm. theaters yeah. i was quite surprised actually and uh anybody that's read the, the the Stephen King novel knows that it the ending is different, yeah, but is fully endorsed by King. Oh, they. they in fact, he thought it was a better ending than what he did in the book.
2: They had they had a number of tchotchkes. It's, it's actually it's actually a nice little Blu-ray set because it has the color and it has the black and white. Oh, nice. And then it has over an hour of interviews and little things like that. So they talk about some of the effects work, the practical effects work, and they have a little sit-down between Darabont and King. Oh, nice. And they talk about the the story coming up with the story and everything, um, and uh, how Darabont, like, was looking for a producer, and he finally found one at Dimension, which at that time was run by Bob Weinstein. Mm. And uh, he actually got, uh, he, was, he said Wein, Weinstein was the first one who was, he was like, Darabont was like, I, wanna, I don't want to change this ending. I want to keep this ending, and he said Weinstein was the first one who was like, "Oh, absolutely, that ending is the bomb. We're keeping that. No change. Don't worry. It's yours. You got it." And so, and they talk about the the uh, making of the set. I mean, that that uh, that whole fucking store was a set. Yeah, an individually made set. It's crazy, just amazing. And when you see them like do the whole earthquake bit, where everything is shaking and stuff, it's 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 like a full set thing. And it was it was pretty impressive, pretty impressive. And King and Darabont going on because they go back Uh, even before Shawshank, when Darabont was a was a kid, kid when he was young, he actually got a hold of King to ask if he could uh, make a movie adaptation of. Woman in a Room, which is one of King's earliest uh, short stories, oh, okay. and King said that Darabont—he's pretty sure Darabont was the first person to actually write him and ask him permission to do something like that—and that sort of started them on their way of like a kind of, I mean, you know, a three-movie in essence collaboration. Because then, sure. of course, came Shawshank. Nice. So, so it was. A, it was. It's got informative stuff on there. Really fun. And the black and white version, they actually shot it, even though they did it in color. They did shoot it uh, keeping in mind black and white because Darabont really wanted to eventually release it in black and white someday, he said. He knew that he, with with everything else he could sell it on, he couldn't sell it as a black and white movie. Right. Um, And he really wanted that 60s, you know, uh, Night of the Living Dead kind of uh, film look to it. Right. And um, he said that they deliberately shot it so that they could go back and do the
3: the process. The color removal, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he was really, really I mean, happy. I mean, I know there's more color. to it than just straight color removal mm-hmm. because, um, I, well, I mean, it's been several years and several advancements since they did that film, but uh, they do like a contrast enhancement where like the computer yeah. Yeah. interprets as like, well, okay, if this was shot in black and white, how dark would this right. shadow be versus you know the change in color from let's say a striped shirt you know what mm-hmm. would how would those layers pop in black yeah. and white so. and it
2: it 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 shows cuz watching it there are some nice moments you know when people are talking he makes nice use of flashlights and people are talking over a flashlight and you get these dark slashes across faces and right. stuff that just obscure part of the face and it, it it's actually really cool. And then, of course, you can do all sorts of things with blood. Right. You know, because it's not as bad. It's like what we were talking about in that uh, that coming docudrama mm-hmm. about the filming of, Ret- of Night of the Living Dead. Right. Where they said they're going to do it in color. So you can see things like them using chocolate syrup for blood effects and stuff. And you can actually see how they did that back then. And I'm really looking forward to that. So it was it was very cool. I really did enjoy it. I suppose there, I should see The Mist at some point.
0: I, you still
1: haven't you know, seen it? I, think, I still never saw it.
2: Mm-hmm. I think it's good. I think I appreciated it more this time around than I did the first time. I think I told you guys Andy and I saw it. Mm-hmm. And we actually stepped down to the theaters and... Vegas had had a rare foggy night. (laughs) Oh, no. Dude, it was hilarious. We just came out. There's fog rolling in over Town Square, and it was just... It was very,
3: very funny. Yeah, yeah. Anybody listening to this right now, you have no idea how rare it is to get a foggy day in Las Vegas. I mean, it's super rare because we're in a bowl in the desert. So we're below where the typical fog line would be. So... You're talking like super thick cloud cover that just happens to hit the dew point where it descends yeah. down onto the valley. And in the 22 years I've lived here, I can only remember one. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, it does not happen. Which it The layers upon it, the coincidence with that movie and the fact that it happened at all. Right. That was incredibly king-like. I was like, Andy, I don't know if we're going to make it to the car. <laughs> it, it, was just, it was just...
1: Turn around, go see more movies.
2: Yeah, really, really. But, uh, yeah. So, I think um, I think you'd enjoy it. Thomas Jane's pretty good. There's oh, a yeah. Nice oh, Thomas of, Jane, come on. There, there's a great cast of uh, people all over the place. So, uh, he even talks a little bit about casting and stuff like that. So, it's fun. It's, uh, it's actually fun. And I do recommend, once again, I'll recommend that Blu-ray because... Uh, uh, it wasn't even a Cyber Monday thingy. It was just eh, nine bucks, eight or nine bucks uh, on Amazon. Two desk set comes nice. with some tchotchkes. very nice. Although I mean, it's really funny because the packaging is minimal. I mean, I got I opened it up and there are two discs, and that's it. <laughs> Nothing telling me which movies on which disc. Nothing, you know. It, it it was obvious that the black and white and the tchotchkes were on the second disc, but it was really it was really funny because it was like, man, this is some minimalist packaging. But um, it was good, it was good. I really did enjoy that. <sighs> I, good God. Well, we uh, we did a, we sort of had a gaming night. Yeah, I heard about that. We did um, we uh, went over to uh the Maple Leafs mm-hmm. and um. It uh, turned into snacking and talking and catching up, and then we finally broke out Mexican Train, and we started at the top. So that, We got to start those games at a lower number, because that game went on forever. You
1: should not play. Th- In fact, I heard about that. I said, well, what game do you play? And Matt's like, oh, we just played Mexican Train, and that's it. Dude, I've done that before with them. Never at a game night will we play Mexican Train again. <laughs> No, mm-hmm. I will not do it. Not in my house, anyway. Oh, my uh, not in my house. Not in my house. No, it's just the only game you play all night. And you know what? You're good after, like, four or five rounds. Then you're like, mm-hmm. I don't want to play this anymore. Yeah. Let's play something else. Oh, yeah. When we got to the end, we were just, Lewis
2: was just like, I can't think, which was to my advantage, because I won. <laughs> <laughs> I won. But uh, it was, yeah, it was exhausting. So, But it was still fun getting together and everything, but... And if we do play it, we just don't start at fucking, God, so, what was it, 12, 13? Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Jesus, dude, no. No,
3: we started way up there. It was ridiculous. So we know for a fact if Matt does arrive and he tries to pull I didn't do anything, mm-hmm. we can call him out That's on it. That's right. You played several hours of Mexican Train, you, you nerd. You heard, it, you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. This isn't
1: really funny stuff, but I'll tell you what Matt did this week. Mm. At uh-huh. least one thing I know he did. He uh, he he got this this old IKEA shelf for me that I was trying to get out of my out of my garage and he's like well I don't have a way to transport it it's too big I'm like all right here just borrow my like I have an appliance dolly so he now keep in mind Maple Leaf and I live like six houses away from each other yeah they're, they're real close yeah so he wheels it he wheels it back to his house and then I get a knock on my door like a few minutes later I'm like oh I was quick he's like. Yeah, it, it tipped over and it shattered into pieces as soon as I got to my
0: house. What? <laughs> <laughs> it was a was cheap... it
1: glass? No, it was a cheap piece of shit wood. Oh. It was like that pressed wood from IKEA. But it was funny because he's like all defeated. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: bad. that's when, it. Ah, uh, I want to hear that story. That's oh it. You God. just heard it. Yeah. Well, I want to hear it from him. <sighs> you God. heard it here also first. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <really. laughs> Um, Crazy. Steve and I did a jaunt. We uh, hit uh, War Room Games to check out their their little uh, Black Friday sale. Oh yeah, and uh, they they'd been uh, sailed out by the time we got there, so oh. there wasn't wasn't a whole lot going down. Oh, I didn't even
3: think about well, Black Friday with mm-hmm. Steve being in town. You did your requisite visit to Winter Alternate Reality. Alternate, yep. I can't even say the name. <laughs> alternate Reality <laughs> Comics. Jesus. Yeah,
2: I actually uh, nothing really caught my mind caught my
3: mind caught my eye or Steve, your mind.
2: Steve did pick up a few things, um, but uh, it was nice just dropping in on Ralph and saying hi. And he's got new shirts, by the way, folks. A Ooh. new, a new uh, set of shirts. Very uh, nice. So uh, make sure to go out and get those. Um, uh, rave-oriented, too. A little rave inspiration on the shirts. Uh. But, uh, yeah. you got, like a pocket for drugs? What do you- no, it's that whole uh, peace, love, respect kind of. That, that's hippie, dude. Well, he said that it, uh, maybe it's European rave culture. Maybe American ravers are just violent animals. I could see that. But anyway, so... Dad, uh, did you get any Black Friday deals anywhere? No, no. I, 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 I didn't I, shop at all. Yeah, I looked around for a few things, but I was really kind of stymied because this Christmas, I've got a little bit of cash. And I'm sort of like, I, I want to do, you know, even even if it's smaller gifts, I want to do something. But I was just like, Man, there is nothing reaching out and grabbing me by the balls. I briefly flirted with getting the Dragonlance book that has dropped,
3: but I was just like, man. Nah. So <clears throat> I only bought two things on Black Friday uh, slash Cyber Monday. Um, Sam's Club had a Disney two hundred dollars Disney gift card for one hundred eighty five dollars. So, mm. yeah, man. No. When it comes to spending money at Disney, I'll take any advantage I can get, any kind of discounts. <laughs> so I bought, I bought that. Uh, well, they let you buy two, so I bought two just to... Because I'll spend, spend it, it over the... I mean, they, they don't expire, so I'll, yeah. I'll use it at some point. And then yeah. the other thing I did was... Uh, for anyone that has a Sony PlayStation, and I, I, I don't know if the sale is still on, but they had the PlayStation Plus Ultimate... Uh, subscription, one year. So 12 months of PlayStation Plus Ultimate for $90. Uh, It's $30 off. It's normally $130 a year. That's a good deal. Now, there's a super ton of games you can download for free with that. Mm. So even at the full price, it's a pretty good deal. But Mm. dropping it down to that $90 was an extraordinary deal because you, get, you download two games, you've already basically paid for it. Yeah. And it. And it's usually fairly recent games. It's not like... That was one of my big complaints with Xbox uh, Live when they started giving away the free games. The, the games that they were giving away for free weren't always your top-tier games. Oh, no. That is something that was different with PlayStation Plus Ultimate is that it was, they opened up a whole bunch of games. Like For example, when I first signed up for it um, earlier this year, I got Spider-Man Miles Morales pretty close to win it after it came out, and that was a free download.
1: Well, that compares to Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, now I have Game, Game Pass, Pass and I love it. Mm-hmm.
3: That's what I'm hearing, and I was kind of disappointed. I was hoping that they would have some kind of a, a Black Friday deal on Game Pass because I don't have Game Pass for my Xbox yet. It was something I was hoping, and it didn't, you know, didn't didn't come about. So. Get no. on it, Xbox. I know you're super Microsoft billion-dollar corporation, but come on. <laughs> you, you can afford to discount it a little bit on one day of the year.
1: And I, I, I did pick up a... Uh, well, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll tell you what I'll... Uh, Anything else
3: well, you want to talk about, Kristen? Actually,
2: actually, I think I've hit my limit. I got to start taking notes because I'm, <laughs> I'm
3: not, I'm not, Don't not, be like Maple Leaf. Yeah, I know. I'm, I didn't do nothing. Yeah, I, I,
1: I, my thing is, I know I did stuff. I just can't remember it. Whereas, if it comes to you, just crack it out. I'll tell yeah. you. I was about to. I was about to roll into uh, something I bought. So, well, let's just what, move on to you. Why did I do this? What, week what gigi gigi did gigi 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 did you you this week, Mary? Mary. Um, I did a shitty impression of Jeff just then. That's mm-hmm. what I did. <laughs> um. On the Steam I don't know, sale, seem
0: pretty accurate to me.
1: Shit. <laughs> 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 um, the Steam sale had uh, Terraforming Mars oh, nice. on on sale. It was like ten bucks. I told Todd about it, but apparently he already owns it. Uh, he's been raving about this game forever, so I finally decided right, I'll try it. And it's uh, it's a fun little board game. I may actually have to try and play it at uh, Meepleville, which is our local board game store here in Vegas. Um, board game tryout place, board game cafe, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a nice little strategy game. Uh, it seems well balanced. I apparently suck at it because I've played it three times and against the computer and lost every time. But uh, I'm getting close. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting to get it. So don't if you buy the game, you will enjoy it, but be prepared to learn and lose mm-hmm. the first couple times. Cause it's it's kind of hard to wrap your head around what you really need to do. Okay, you know, but once you do, it's it's pretty fun. Hmm. Speaking of board games, I kind of went nuts on Board Game Arena recently, uh, which has apparently added a whole bunch of tutorials uh, to a lot of their their games. Uh, the interface looks a lot better than it used to, and uh, the tutorials helped me learn the game instead of having to watch that. That goofy guy explained the games on, on his YouTube channel. It's like, no, here, let's just walk me through it on BGA, on Board Game Arena.
0: Hmm.
1: I think it's really helpful. So it helped me learn a couple of games that I want to – like we just got Viticulture, which is apparently a really popular winemaking game. <laughs> we haven't played it yet, but I, but I learned how to play it on Board Game Arena. So that I- when we finally break open that
3: box, we won't be lost. Because I know the word viticulture and how it applies to wine. I was just like, there's a board game? Oh, yeah, About there's a board game. Wine for making? Dude, there's a board game it, for everything. Well, it's more wine. Oh,
2: my God. Grape. Well, now gravy. I know what to do for Christmas for Barry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I write a I board look, game. Gotta look for the distillery, the board game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want you to write a board game. I want you to create one. Mm-hmm. I want you to, to do the Geek Shock podcast, the board game. <laughs> that okay. reminds me. We got to have everything
2: a Poppa a spinner, cards, everything.
1: We got <laughs> A we little gotta, contraption like Mousetrap where you got to assemble it. Something. Right?
3: Yeah. That reminds me. For the next pirate party, I actually came across a recipe for pirate style rum. And it's apparently a recipe they did some really deep We're research make it on in the toilet? how do you, how, you, how the pirates made rum either in the toilet? on the shore or on the ship with the ingredients they had. So I thought it was really fascinating. I'm like, something for next party.
1: Am I going to go fucking next blind party. drinking it? There you go. You you
3: might go blind before drinking it. I don't know. <laughs> Bring it on, man. <laughs> man. Bring it on.
2: <laughs> we should we should uh, at some point we should have a hooch party. <laughs> oh, everybody Moonshine. Just, and yeah. And just and put your put your hey bag of,
4: maple Leaf's here. What the hell? I agree. That party sounds good.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I just turned to my right. There's maple leaf. Th- Maple Leaf
2: taking care of Grogu. Here. Yeah, you think he's going to remember him this time?
1: Uh, y- y- you know where I
3: found him the last time? Uh, We're talking about in the, garbage. Garbage by the door? Right by the front door. Yeah, by the I, front door. <laughs> I, I walked in, and I was I came into the, the, the kitchen Call where we you. record, and I was like, oh, good. He remembered to take Grogu. And then I had to go back uh, into the front room for something,
4: and I'm like, wait a minute. Why is he sitting right here by the front door? Because I was like, I'm going to leave him here, and Jeff will be like, what is wrong with this Grogu. Like, like a cat, but Grogu. Just stare at it. <laughs> wheel turns. Actually,
2: you should. we should figure out a way to... Oh, wait. You got a key, Barry. What? You should leave with it, And then Matt. bring it back. And then at some point we just during the week, we just bring it back and quietly... Put it in it. the hallway. Yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Note
3: to self. Change, Change locks. locks. <laughs>
4: that's awesome because that's not exactly cheap. Well... Depending what kind of locks you get, yeah, you I know. have the reprogrammable ro- locks, oh, so it's very la-dee-da. easy to change. I <laughs> <Ooh,
0: laughs>
1: this am Hey,
2: everybody, I'm a nerd.
1: <laughs> By we, the way, uh, his nickname now is Vitamin K. Vitamin K? I'm not calling him Commander K anymore. He's the He's commander no, 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 in
3: Vitamin
2: No, vitamin. no. Vitamin K. Vitamin. Don't say vitamin K. <laughs> <Ugh>. Aluminium. <laughs> Ugh. I only did uh, one aluminium. other thing geeky
1: this week, and it's worth mentioning because I spent a lot of time here in Vegas in the early 90s where I, 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 where I just drank coffee, hung out with a bunch of weirdos. Uh, it's called Parkway of Broken Dreams. This was released last year, and it's about uh, through a combination of archival footage and contemporary interviews – Parkway I know broken. I know what you're talking about. I actually it's it's a book, right? Well, no, it's a it's a it's a little short movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Tells the story of a scrappy group of artists, poets, musicians, DJs, entrepreneurs who built an organic, thriving, and highly influential art scene on one stretch of road, Maryland Parkway, right across from UNLV. Yep. In the cultural wasteland of the '90s in Vegas, and only to see it fade away by the turn of the century. And it's true. Like half the people I know in this, they talk about places we used to go, the Cafe Espresso Roma. We used to call it the Depresso Coma. (laughs) Uh, The Cafe Copio. We hung out every night there. God, It was great. And then everything just took a shit. And all these places are gone and now there's no culture. and It's it's a little sad, but it's a nice little nostalgic look of a at a very short period of time in the uh, I want to say 92-ish yeah. to maybe 97, 8. Well, even into the early aughts it was, like it was still was a some, little bit. There was
2: some residual of that. Because I remember... Steve and you know Paul and and the gang were also involved in that towards the ass end of things. What were they involved in? Um, like the uh, improv group? Nope. That yep. would...
1: That's not. That's not. That's no. not it. Dude. That's not it. They well, we're talking about did... starting from like the newsroom downtown. It's it always based around coffee culture and KU and And when they had Rock Avenue, but then that got. Put well, that's aside. what he's
3: talking about. Cafe Roma yes. had. Um, art exhibits as well as they yeah. had improv shows. They they, they had the improv
2: shows. I remember one oh, time man, I went in, Jason we Sudeikis downtown. jumped yep. in with them several um, times uh, actually. with Super Yum Yum, mm-hmm. and then that was towards the acid, that was the very end. It then, was the yeah. very end, but it was also so funny because Steve, it, it's hilarious when, when Ralph's comic book store used to be on Flamingo in Maryland, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve would actually uh, come go see Ralph. He always came in from the north. He always came down Flamingo and, you know. So one time.
3: So wait, this, at that point, it would have been at Tropicana in Maryland. Um, it was further down right the next road. To the stakeout, yes. Right next to the stakeout. Right next to the Bob, no, if no. you remember that yes, place. Yes.
2: N- but I'm talking about
3: afterward, right? Oh. this
2: For years, yeah. after Steve moved, he'd come back, he'd go to oh, okay, Flamingo, well, right? Okay. So that, one door door time, right? he's with me. And we go down Russell. I'm like, we'll go to Ralph's. We'll just go down Russell, and we go up Maryland. And Steve is shitting himself as we drive up Maryland right across from UNLV. All the buildings are gone. Yep, they've The lots them down. are cleared. The uh, The Cafe Roma and that whole building that, that had the just lower gone. level was just, uh, at that point, it was an empty lot. Now they have a building there. I mean, now they've totally,
3: it's just. <sighs> I just walked down. It's gone. It still kills me, like when when they tore down the uh, cafe, the the big business center that mm-hmm. Cafe Roma was in. There was supposed to be new construction there. Now all it is is just a pit where there was the lower level shops, and even then they were supposed to fill that pit in and Damn.
1: and level it off, and they and still haven't I had done a, it. I had and a, it a job for what? like three days at IHR Research. Above that, we used to eat at that pizza place a lot. Uh, we used to hang out at the after it was the sports bar was mm-hmm. gone. There was a uh, um, land place upstairs. We used to hang out with that guy and I knew a dude who. What was the the bar the freaking frog? Right? The freaking frog was down was down further south. Okay, because yeah. that was kind of. But there closed, was the whiskey place above it. That was too, yeah. the whiskey right? attic. It was, that owned was by Adam Carmer who now uh, owns a. Uh, uh, well, he's in Florida. Yeah. You know. I feel
4: like this is the experience all over again for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well it was
1: we're talking about vegas in the late 90s i know i wasn't here i know mm-hmm. so There you, go. <laughs> there you go. let's have a cigarette um have a sip of canadian whiskey folks <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so boulevard of broken dreams sorry parkway parkway of broken dreams <laughs> Very you dang. can Green watch Day. this for free right now oh really on pbs nice yes yeah, go to parkwayofbrokendreams.com and there's a link to go watch it on pbs that's huh. where i watched it I wow like, oh, this is great wow so Check that out. Because I think
3: originally they were going to write like a book and then they made it a documentary. Because yeah. I, I I remember reading about it a few years ago and thinking, oh, that's pretty really cool. Because just like you said, Kirsten, I, I caught the, the the tail end of it, mm-hmm. but you got to experience it, Barry, like pretty much the entire span.
1: I graduated in 94, but we used to hang out there in 93, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe 92, because uh, there was nothing else for kids to do. You know, you're under twenty-one. What the hell are you gonna do? Right? And
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I had that problem too. Yeah,
1: in Vegas, there's absolutely nothing to do. Where'd you Where'd you spend your time
4: when you were? No, I was in it. a city of six million people, and we can drink at nineteen. So I didn't have that problem. I hate you <laughs> 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 so
1: much. But we had a problem, so we we solved sorry, it by that going time down was there. Like Five point
4: one million. Sorry, no. sorry. Sorry. I have
1: so many good memories. Very cool. Anything yeah. else? Uh, other than having Deb's whole family living in my house for the last week, mm-hmm. I'm kind of happy I have my house back. No, um, yeah, nothing else.
4: You're so crotchety. So crotchety. People are in my house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was unhappy. <laughs> Not as unhappy as were they, you. Were they touching your lightsabers were they? Yeah, and all that? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> touching all the toys. The video, the video games, and they were loud.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: Couldn't <laughs> couldn't play my game. That house is a is a out-of-control kid's dream. Yeah. You remember that John Larroquette movie, Madhouse? Was it like that? No, I don't remember that movie. Oh, I'm just wondering. I don't about think anyone remembers. Look it that up, movie. kids. I want. I I want to see the scene, like
2: in Forty Year Old Virgin, mm-hmm. when when he's finally letting the kid play with his. Mint in box stuff and the the strained look on his face. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it is just like, oh boy! And it, just, mm-hmm, it was a very mm-hmm. strained look on my face
1: every time they touched my Star Wars machine, my Neutron machine, and whatnot. So finally, well, their
2: Neutron machine's in.
1: Yeah, it is.
4: That's geeky. They were
1: playing the hell out of that. Oh yeah, I guess it is geeky.
4: <laughs> is it a new one, or you just get the actual old one?
1: Jesus Christ, no, oh. no. It's one of those new ones from no, he, uh, he One
3: threw, Up. He threw literally threw away that opportunity about a decade ago.
4: story. drink. I
1: it. didn't have six hundred bucks at the time. I didn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. But I, that, I had I had enough to buy the Star Wars machine, and I was right. happy with that. And we, what's the, what's the price
4: of it now? Like six thousand. I oh, okay. yeah. priced to, it.
2: We need to have one time, one time only. A a What's your Black Lotus segment mm. where we all talk about that the one thing. thing that got away? And <laughs> <What? for> me, <laughs> it
4: didn't get away. Yeah, I
2: had
3: it. It was there. Yeah, I
1: know. Well, it got pissed away.
3: Yeah, it did. Yeah. It was taken from you. Uh, uh, yeah. if,
1: if I want to know what your Black Lotus is, people. Write to us, comments at Geek Chuck, geek podcast, Chuck I almost <laughs> said, uh, Yeah, I, almost I did. The,
3: my mouth I was, was making the words. <laughs> That's why I was giving you the I. Here's That's the problem, though.
4: It wasn't just the Black Lotus. There's also the Mox Diamond, the Mox Ruby. I had mm. all of those cards, oh, plus God, all, the rare, the, well, yes. it, it, all it, the rare lands. Well, dude, I had all the rare lands. It's okay.
2: They're, they're reprinting all
4: that. No, no. <laughs> Wait, remind
1: me what happened to those?
4: <laughs> uh, they were sitting in a storage box for six years, a storage uh, unit, and apparently a rat got into it and decided to piss and shit all over my stuff. So half my stuff that I have down here, that's what survived. So they were just taking boxes of like. They smell it. It's all wet. Oh, chuck it. Don't even bother to open it.
2: That is so sad. Dude. So it's quite possible that that Black Lotus was okay. and might uh, have possibly. wound up in a yeah, landfill yeah. somewhere. So it's not oh. okay now, you but know. it was. Well, unless like the, the garbage the, the, guys were like, walking woo-hoo! through the landfill and this card <laughs> yeah. flutters and falls at his feet. And he's like, what is this? Oh, I think Junior will like this. And then
1: Junior puts it in the spokes of his bike. and he goes Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Picks his teeth with it, whatever. <laughs> or
4: folds it up and do a little paper plane. $20,000 paper plane. Uh, no, I didn't do anything next bullshit. yes you did bullshit
3: uh, we actually call bullshit on that because we talked about game game you before Night. yeah Probably we played yeah. one
1: freaking game yeah
3: that's
4: right oh you were too cool to come by that's right um yeah, Dude, i, I would have loved to have come by no 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 love to have no, come no. by no. <laughs> no i was you were so far away you were just like <gasps> you were sitting there polishing your lightsaber. God, fingerprints little children's <laughs> fingerprints <laughs> polishing them off and while that is true killing
1: i no, couldn't you, leave i he That's was also doing over. the My, precious.
3: my yes, precious
1: while he was doing it. Yeah. Oh, touching My Precious. Mm. Also, I c- apparently didn't miss much because you played one goddamn game. We played a nice
2: no,
4: long, it's, long okay. game it's, it's of typ- Mexican Train. Typical game night. You sit around and we're talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and Steve was going on about you know his job prospects and you know that kind of shit. We're catching up. And then it was like, you want to play a game? Sure. And then I walk over and bring up Mexican Train and Paul's like, you know that takes hours, right? And I was like, yeah, whatever. Let's play it. <laughs> and then I won never again at a game night will will Mexican train be played no you? you set limits you go to four or seven yeah not all the way down to <laughs> what was it that's just what 11
3: yeah. it was crazy him. I also yeah. heard you uh, shattered an Ikea yeah uh, oh yeah cabinet yes. <laughs> and yes. my, my question when he said you shattered it I was like was it glass he goes
4: no just cheap wood <laughs> yeah it's cheap wood. Palette was like, this will look really good upstairs. I'm like, really? Okay. So I go walking down to Barry's place. I grab the, what is it? Eight by eight? Yeah. Something like that. Put it on the dolly. lug it all the way to my house. I get to the bottom of the driveway. It nudges off the curb a little bit and just goes like accordion down and cheap particle (laughs) to the left. And I was like, Whatever. (laughs) <laughs> Luckily it was box day, so we just I just piled it up there and Paul it's like, So how does it look? I was I just pointed to the curb and she's like, Oh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Thanks Matt for
1: taking my right at track. the driveway.
0: <laughs>
4: yeah, right at the driveway. <laughs>
0: the only thing
3: that would have been worse is if you were like literally in the process of taking it in your your house door and it just collapses in your hands. I've had that happen before. (laughs) I wanna I wanna I would have liked to have
2: seen a video of you trying to get it up your stairs. It looks good. It'll look good upstairs.
3: Eight by eight. Yeah. It would have, but I I don't know how you were gonna get it upstairs. Yeah, how do you how do you make that turn to get stuff up your stairs? Because that's a fairly I mean, it's not a super narrow hallway, but trying to make no. that 90-degree angle to go up to your stairs is...
4: Well, you come in from the living room, because that's okay. where the banister's not. Uh, oh, okay. So that makes that sense.
1: Forward but, back. See, this yeah. is why I don't have a two-story house. I don't no, want, want to do that.
2: Because you don't have Matt to move your stuff around. Because one day I'm going to be old. Yeah. Er.
1: And <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't recall that there. Them. What do
2: you mean, one day? One day. I can hardly wait till we go over to Matt and Paulette's, and they got that little... The chair. chair on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the, the lift chair <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right on the stairs. Like the old lady from Gremlins?
1: Mm. That's, not,
4: that's not the forever house, guys. It's going to be a one story. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. Okay. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It'll be still in cadence. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, any, anything
3: else you didn't do this week there? No, uh,
4: that was band? it. Didn't do. I just got off a 12 hour shift. So. <laughs> Ugh, oh, dude. Your work is fucking you. Yeah.
3: Well, um, I did a couple of things this week. Uh, what did you watch? I'm surprised nobody mentioned the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Well yeah, we, yeah was we did watch that. Fantastic. A lot of fun, a lot of heart, uh, really super entertaining. Yeah. I'm very glad they got to do more with Mantis because I felt like she wasn't really highlighted much in the, you know, the last few films she was in. It was very but- much the
1: Drax and Mantis show, and I like it.
3: And apparently there's a lot of plot points that they're hinting at for the Guardians of Galaxy Volume 3 in this holiday special. What? Like like backdoor ways of introducing things that will be important to the new movie. Interesting. Uh, But yeah, watching her and Drax together was just... I mean, I had some moments where I was just downright laughing so hard I had to pause it and go back. But uh, yeah, that one was so much fun. Uh, the other thing I did was I went and saw Glass Onion, which is a, the the Knives Out sequel. Oh yeah, I, mean, um, I forgot about that. Went and saw that in the theater because I do feel like it's important for mid-budget movies to be supported while they're still in the theaters, even though you know, in another, I think two weeks, it's going to be on Netflix. Uh, for anybody to watch.
2: Yeah, it's uh, talking about, you know, you're supporting mid- yeah. mid-budget yeah mid movies, but uh, Netflix wasn't. Cause, yeah. Because was it's only a
3: week. They're still kind of trying this out where they're doing the limited theatrical release with mm-hmm. movies that they're already going to show on yeah. Netflix because, I mean, it's the one downside to having that studio is that they're making content for their platform, but at the same time, they could also take advantage of yeah. separate... Revenue stream by releasing it in the theaters, mm-hmm. and one of the so, things I was going
2: to talk about uh, a little later in the cast is a lot of people are saying it could have been a blockbuster. Yeah, it, Appa- apparently
3: it 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 did really well, and it's a really good movie. It's really layered, and it it's funny because the whole time I'm sitting there layered like an onion. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. That, that is, and that is actually accurate because they they bring that even bring that up in the film about how. As the film like unwinds, they're like, oh, it's like we peel another layer, and then there's a whole other layer. Anyway, um, uh, once again, fantastic cast. It was if it's a completely new cast with the exception of uh, Craig, uh, Daniel Craig, yes, uh, playing Benoit Blanc uh, once again. But it is a re- it's an all star cast. Uh, it's really well done. The f- acting is amazing. The story is really intriguing, especially when you consider that it's based on... In fact, I don't know if anybody follows Adam Conover's channel on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Uh, He started doing a lot of his Adam Ruins Everything type stuff, but more solo work on it. And it's fascinating because this is something that kind of came up a few years ago. But after the movie came out, he did another video about how a lot of these tech billionaires are actually idiots in real life uh, you know like Elon Musk and and so forth oh, uh, so yeah they just paid the smart people yeah exactly you know they oh. they've bought themselves into yeah. uh, situations where people look at them and oh they're they're a genius and it turns out they're actually yeah, not they've just had taken money that they either already had or stolen exactly <laughs> and moved themselves into oh. positions where it seems like they're the one doing the the inventing and the, the radical ideas when it turns out that they're just taking advantage of other people. And that's, that is a central part of this film. So it's, it's definitely a movie. I recommend seeing it in the theater. If you can, if you feel like you need to wait for Netflix, that's fine. Still watch it, but enjoy the theatrical experience because this is a film that I feel deserves to be enjoyed on the big screen. Uh, It's a really neat little mystery. Um, as I said, the acting is fantastic. The, the cast, uh, I mean, you've got Dave Bautista in this thing, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, who, uh, I guess more recently he'd be known for being in uh, Hamilton, uh, the original, the original cast. Uh, of course, Daniel Craig, I already mentioned that. Oh, I'm totally blanking out on her name right now. It's a good movie. We'll watch it. Indeed. I just Kate didn't. Hudson. That's the one I was trying to remember. Kate Hudson's in it. Ah. Ed Norton's in it. Uh, so yeah, uh, Catherine Hahn. Uh, cameos by other people that I'm not, I'm not going to mention because I don't want to spoil the surprise. So a lot of people are in yes, this movie. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a good cast. Actually, it's a great cast and superbly performed. So again, definitely check it out. So that's all I got. Anybody else?
1: I just don't understand the cult of Steve Jobs. Anybody oh, seen that? That sounds menu? like something. Uh, Wait, the uh, what? The menu? Oh, I heard that was good. No, I haven't I seen it. I was going to go see, see that yeah.
3: today, but since we ended up having to record today, uh, I had to shuffle some stuff around, so I'll probably go see it tomorrow. But uh, it looks really good, too, the menu. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that. Yeah. What time so, are you going to go see it? I don't know yet. My day is pretty wide open tomorrow. We'll talk later.
4: Okay. And also, uh, this Friday coming up, too, is uh, Violent Santa. Oh, Violent, Violent Night. Oh, sorry. Oh, Violent Night. Yeah. That, that sounds like a movie right up your alley. I am just like, glad uh, they're finally
3: at- now starting to market it like I had suggested. I said, it's like Die Hard with Santa. And sure enough, the marketing campaign is like, yeah. it's a ge- Die Hard for the next generation. And I'm like,
4: thank you. With so. Miracle on 34th Street yes. layered on top of it. <laughs> just a uh-huh. touch
1: of
3: bad Santa. Well, you mentioned Steve Jobs, Barry. That sounds like something that would be news that we don't give a shit about. But no, we were just talking about billionaire idiots. Well, yeah, that's we all know. Too.
1: Well, people who know Woz invented the Apple. Jobs just Jobs provided. was an
3: idea guy. Woz is what made that happen in the early days, and then later on, his little cult of Mac yeah. geniuses that would actually say, "He's like, this is what I want to do," and they would make it happen. But no, we were talking about something earlier that's definitely a news you don't give a shit about that was Steve Jobs related. You had it up on your phone. You were showing it.
1: That's right. Yes, I did. And uh, I can't vamp fast enough to find it. So you're going to have to give me a little bit. Oh, my God. Come on. You literally just had it up on your phone. Uh, Steve Jobs' worn-out Birkenstock for sorry. Yeah, go I ahead. I should do the thing. News you News don't give a shit about. There you go. There Are you, you fucking
4: go. kidding me? I'm reading your phone. Are you fucking kidding me? Yes.
1: Steve Jobs has worn out Birkenstocks sell for, uh, wait for it, $218,000 at auction. Ah. Ah, this was on Sunday. The brown suede Birkenstock Arizonas were worn by jobs in the 70s and 80s during many pivotal moments in Apple's history. It's the highest price ever paid for sandals at auction. No shit. <laughs> the sandals came from the collection of Mark Sheff, who managed his estate in the 80s. Other items associated with jobs have been sold in recent years, including the Apple One computer prototype that fetched 677000 That I can understand. Right. It's got Waz's touch on it. but. The sandals were previously sold for two thousand at auction in twenty sixteen. That guy's kicking himself. Son yep. of a bitch. The winning bidder didn't want their name disclosed, but it was sold in the Hard Rock Cafe in the Times Square. Uh, the runner up bid was a potential buyer from China, and that was the buy. This is not the most someone's paid for footwear at auction. Someone bought Nike Air ships worn by Jordan in eighty four. Uh, sold for um, $1.47 a year ago. But that's sports yes, people. They yes, get into that yeah. shit. You, you can know? do
4: that, though. That's not, that's not weird. It's fine A pair A
1: pair of, a pair <laughs> no, of, a pair of black either. Nikes worn by Kanye West at the 2008 I... Grammy sold for $1.8 That's worthless.
3: Matt, I'm going to disagree with you no. and say it's
1: not weird. I think it's just not as weird because athletes
3: have huge followings. But, uh, they're probably Steve, game-worn. Yeah, Steve Jobs uh. also has a huge... Like they're people that will spend ungodly sums of
4: money on anything that he has touched. Okay, well, I got a pair of tie dye Crocs that I'm. I'm starting <laughs> I'll sell. Uh, starting bid uh, twenty bucks. There you go. Seriously, you'll sell those for twenty bucks? <laughs> go. No, I spent like fifty. So <laughs> what the hell
1: are you bid? doing? <laughs> yeah, but they're they're authentic maple leaf Matt, Geek Shock worn. Tie-dye tie croc. Tie-dye Crocs. Pride yeah. Crocs. So we're starting at $200. You got to add a zero, motherfucker. Okay. Oh, right. oh, by the way, a little side note on that story. The auction also included an NFT of images of the Birkenstocks as Fuck part of the sale. All the way off. <laughs> I'm so glad wow. that market is crashing. I'm so glad. Oh, this is wow. fun. now this is funny. Here's a little cherry on the story. The most pressing question about the sandals. Seeing the auction house notes, heavy wear. Do they smell? The auction house said... They smell of success.
4: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Some, weird, some weird foot fetish guy with too much money is like Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> 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 and you know, Steve Jobs
1: was a stinky boy. Oh, yeah. He they had out. to tell well, him, they had to pull him aside and talk about his hygiene. Yeah, I was yeah. going to
3: say for many years, he refused to, to bathe himself. Well, but he
2: refused to bathe. Yeah, don't say bathe himself because that just conjures up images of he has to have a couple of like harem. Yeah, yeah. His, <laughs> his bath girls take care of it for him, which is definitely how I'll do it if I ever become a billionaire.
3: <laughs> anyway, really well, that just leaves room for Kirsten Weekend Hooray!
0: Hooray!
2: Hooray! Woohoo! Guys, it is such an uh, exciting week. You can't even begin to imagine it. Actually, this wasn't going to be my first item, but since Jeff uh, mentioned it, let's go ahead and talk about was Glass Onion a success? Peeling back the layers on Netflix <sighs> Netflix 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 doctor, Netflix, Netflix. office gambit. Now, this I picked up because there was clickbait where uh, it was saying Glass Onion could have made $200 million. So, I don't know. So, let's see what variety. I went to the source, folks. Okay. Ahead of Thanksgiving, cinema owners increasingly dismayed by the lack of compelling movies to screen and painfully aware of this fall's only blockbuster, Wakanda Forever, And it was good. It was good. Wouldn't match the stratospheric grosses of its predecessor, approached Netflix with a plea. Would it be possible, they asked, for Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, the sequel to 2019's box office hit Knives Out, to play in more theaters for a longer period of time? Netflix held firm. Yeah, Netflix, stand by your convictions believing its one-week exclusive theatrical run in roughly 600 North American locations, far fewer venues than in the typical major new release, would be the best course of action to drum up excitement and generate ample word of mouth before the who-done-it lands on the streaming service ahead of Christmas. In fact, exclusivity was key in the company's marketing strategy. Now, this sounds... Like, let's generate a little buzz and then try to get our numbers up. Oh my God, subscribers, please help us. I think that's, I think that, um, maybe where we went here because it intentionally limited its reach, granted access to 600 most popular theaters in the country. So, wherever you saw it, Jeff, that's one of the most popular. That's in the top 600. There
3: are only two here in Vegas that I'm aware of that are showing it right now, uh, Galaxy Green Valley and, uh, South Point. Uh, Cinemark South Point. So wow. is that what
1: people are doing? They're, they're seeing, oh, there's a good movie on Netflix. I better get a subscription to it. I, I, mean, I don't they're think, they're I think that's because the hope.
3: That's, yeah, because the actual study that was done several years ago, I don't know if it still remains the same, is that oftentimes people are watching stuff on Netflix not because they're anticipating it coming out, but because they go on there and go, oh, let's see what there is to watch. Right. 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 Hey, uh, yeah. you know, that's, that's what I do. That's kind of the strategy. Now, here's the, the thing that's really been sticking with me on this whole thing. And even before you uh, read that, uh, that piece, is that Netflix is anticipating losing a great deal of money over the next year. Like, they're, they keep telling the right. investors, like, hey, get ready. Numbers aren't going to be as good, blah, blah, blah. So they keep downselling everything. This is a revenue stream that would have been good for them having it let's say a month in the theaters before going on to yeah. Netflix. Why they wouldn't take every advantage to generate some I, money I don't understand.
2: I think it's all subscriber. I think it's subscriber panic. The numbers are down and I think that they're trying to I think that they're they're hoping something like yeah. this will get people to subscribe. Well, it's
1: very I think it's more important to keep the <laughs> subscribers you have. Um, it's way harder to get a new customer than it is to keep an old yeah, customer. And they're... all it takes is for me for like four weeks to flip through Netflix and go, man, there's just nothing on here. Why do I even have this? Yeah. Especially when everyone's tightening their belts and fi- trying to figure out where they can live a little less expensively. And if I got to cut a service out, it's going to be one that never has anything new. And I've considered cutting Netflix before when, mm-hmm. it's, when it's been in those droughts.
3: Yeah. Where... And then you even have like Disney+. Plus. Uh, it's only recently. Dude, I live lighten. with Deb.
1: We're never getting rid of Disney Plus. No, no, that's
3: not what I'm getting at. Uh, <laughs> Disney Plus, with all the the new content they have, they're hurting for cash too. Because apparently, what's come out since then is uh, Bob Jacob Ch- Bob Jacob, yeah, Chapek was hiding losses for Disney Plus by. Uh, airing uh, some of the content that was made exclusively for Disney Plus on like the Disney Channel and some of their other sister channels huh. to kind of absorb the losses before making it exclusive on the Disney Plus platform. Yeah. Well, to be fair, so, I don't know.
1: I don't know what else Disney has been offering other than Marvel stuff
4: and Star Wars because yes, I don't ESPN. watch it.
1: Uh, the last
4: couple
3: Pixar like films.
4: Disney owns ESPN, I believe. Well, yeah, yeah I do. I'm talking about the stuff specifically made for Disney Plus.
3: Well, the last couple Pixar films were released exclusively on the Disney Plus platform, not in the theaters. With the exception being Lightyear. Hmm. So you know, you had uh, was it Luca? I believe the yeah. the one with the. Oh, yeah, no. he lived on Jane the second floor. The
1: Mermaid Kids. And didn't they just release a film that bombed?
4: Yeah, Strange Worlds. Around.
1: Yeah, I was going to get that. Well, that was that. Oh, that's a thing? What do you so, got? Yeah, I'll let you uh, take that okay.
2: from there. Well, um, though Netflix and movie theaters declined to report numbers, sources speculate that Glass Onion scored more than 13 million over the extended Thanksgiving weekend. And 15 million during its week long run. Now that's on 600 theaters. Right. So that would have actually put it uh, third place on the
0: The, Demexit domestic
2: domestic box office chart following Wakanda Forever, which grossed 65 million in 4,250 theaters, and Disney's Strange World, which grossed. $18.5 $18.5 million from 4,174 cinemas over the five days. What did it
1: cost to make that
2: thing? Uh, I'll, I'll open that, uh, that can of worms. Not Avatar money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but they, people are speculating it would have easily knocked Strange World from second place and possibly even nudged Wakanda forever if Glass Onion had played in the same number of theaters. So, uh, David A. Gross, who runs the movie consulting firm Franchise Entertainment Research, said wide releases make most of their money from their top 1,000 screens. So, with a strong marketing campaign and a big wide release, the sequel could have opened in the low 30 million domestically and maybe made 300 worldwide. So, they're really thinking that that it could have it could have actually done something. Uh, Now, for Strange World, ah. Oof! Ow! I was
3: actually interested in this. I'm actually disappointed. This poor thing is um, now. Be, uh, just to so, to clarify. I know we were talking talking about Pixar. Mm-hmm. This is Disney animation. This yeah. is not Pixar, even though it is a, a CG film. Right.
2: Right. A three three D animation. Yeah. That the official term for that look. Uh, well, there's not a lot to be thankful for the, the Thanksgiving box office. This is uh, also from variety. I go straight to the source folks. Disney's Strange World failed to entice family audiences, collapsing and wow, this is some strong ass language. In its debut with 11.9 million from 4,174 North American theaters over the weekend and 18.6 million over the 5-day holiday frame. It was what? expected to earn 30 to 40 million during its long weekend. It did not make up ground at the international box office, where it earned 9.2 million. Wow! From 43 markets, for a global start of 27.8 million.
3: Ooh. That's a catastrophic result for Disney. Yeah, that's less than half of what they mm-hmm. were anticipating making worldwide.
2: Yeah, it's it. it, ca- um, it, it Disney's always been considered the gold standard in animation, and, but the studio had stumbled in pandemic times with Lightyear, one of the few Pixar films to lose money in its theatrical run, as well as Encanto. I think that's the one you were thinking of, Matt. Yeah. Uh, which didn't become a viral TikTok sensation until the musical fable landed
3: on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, that's where I got to see it. I had wanted to see it in the theater and wasn't able to, but... Yeah. So, $180 million was the
2: budget for Strange World. So, it's poised to be another money loser for Disney unless business
3: miraculously recovers in the next few weeks. Now, the reviews on it have been decent. I just... I will tell you from what I've just... My movie-going slash, you know, commercial spots for this film, there has not been much of a marketing push for this. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't know about it. I went to...
2: This is This is funny because we just talked about what would you do during the week, Kristen. and um, I'm blanking because I went to a, a movie with Steve, <laughs> and I can't fucking remember, can't what, remember the what the hell we saw. I cannot remember what we fucking saw. I'm just hitting that age, folks. But I saw the poster for Strange World, right? And I was like, "Ooh, that looks cool. I would actually like to go see that." So I was kind of uh, anticipating it coming out. So this is this is like really uh really sad. Well, it's I mean, not surprising you
3: know. to me. I remember earlier this year seeing trailers for it. Mhm. I haven't but, seen shit. It's well, not I, I saw the trailers. Yeah. I saw the trailers for it, but I don't remember any kind of announced date when mm-hmm. it was releasing. So when Thanksgiving weekend hit, I was surprised I was like, "Oh, I didn't know that was out yet." So I had no idea when it was going to be released, and then after it was released, I still didn't know it was in the theaters. Yeah. All right, think
1: about it. These that movie is made; it's geared for kids, okay? Right. So the most of the people who are going to see it have kids, or they're bringing their kids, or they are kids themselves. Um, those those kids could just as easily be entertained by something that by that movie when it comes on streaming, right? And the cost to take a kid to the movies, first off. You got to make sure that you know they're going to be entertained. They're actually going to sit there and watch it. It's a giant pain in the ass for to, to wrangle up a bunch of kids and put them in the theater. Oh yeah, and you know school night and all that. Plus the cost of popcorn and soda and milk duds or whatever. You know, it's it's a lot. Or parents can spend that fifteen bucks or whatever. I don't know how much it is a month. Sit them down in front of the TV, mm-hmm. eat food at home, buy popcorn from Costco, and call it a night. Now, if I'm going to go to the movies, it's going to be for a big blockbuster film like uh Black Panther, like I just right. did. I don't see many movies in the theater because A, I don't like people, and B, I don't I don't like the the cost of of uh, of the seats. Where I could just watch it on one of the many streaming services that I already own. There's so much good good movies and TV and whatnot on on the streaming services. I got now I have the I have the luxury of picking and choosing what I want to see in the movies because I know it's just going to end up on Netflix in a couple of months or something like that mm-hmm. or Disney Plus or Hulu or or Amazon or what all the services I got. I have two words
3: for you, Barry. Discount Tuesday. Several what? theaters here in town do a Tuesday discount.
1: Talk about the welfare theater? <laughs> no, I'm talking about
3: your first-run theaters, Galaxy Theaters, yeah, yeah, Cinemark. Yeah. Um, there was another one I saw recently and I'm trying to I'm blanking out on the the theater chain name but I know those two for a fact they do discounted movie tickets all day long on Tuesdays so not just your matinees although the matinees are significantly cheaper Yeah I think it I, I, like I think the matinees it runs on like, like Sunday 5 6 dollars for a matinee versus like
1: 9 dollars Oh, Deb and a, I used to go to the matinee movies the on evening. Sunday, and then get like breakfast or whatever yeah. before or after, and that was a that was a good time. But uh, we stopped going to the movies a lot. Now she still she still likes going to the movies. I like going to the movies if it's a good enough movie to go and see. Well, right. Uh, I'm not gonna go see what was the name of the, the Disney movie? Strange World. Strange, Strange World? World in the theater? No, uh-uh. no. Of course, I'm not gonna go see Disney movie no matter what. But. I did see The Incredibles in the theater, and I would not go see it in the theater now when I got so many other choices, and COVID's still a thing, and it's just, you know, forget it. So, to the, for them to expect it to make a gobs and gobs of money when the marketing, like you said, isn't there, yeah. it's just not a thing. Yeah, that
3: just was, I, I that's just my perspective, but I feel like there was not any kind of marketing push to let people yeah. know that it was in the theater. I, I, no. I didn't know anything about it.
2: I didn't know anything about it. So,
3: next item. Barry,
2: I was thinking of you when I stumbled across this cuz we gave you some shit last week or the week before and when, the
1: week before that and the week before that when you made a
2: comment that. about something and there might be something to what you said. Oh boy. This is go. from the rap. Don't game. validate him. Yeah, I know. Marvel Studios Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Weird.
1: You going to say it like that every time? Yeah, you no.
2: Know. We're, uh, you know, as Jeff said, we're problematic as enough. I'll leave the racist <laughs> stuff to Matt. So, uh, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're introduced to a fearsome new villain it's named Polak over Namor. Here, God. Played by Mexican actor, I've never heard it pronounced, but I'm going to have gonna a Todd venture. moment. Tenoche, Tenoche Huerta. That would be my guess. Uh, Nabor. Na- Good, I get Tenoche Huerta, no and then I and then blank he, on he, 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 Namor. screwed up. Namor comes from an undersea community. His life's defined by subjugation and colonization. At one point, he explains the origin of his name. If amor means love, then he's an outcast,
3: a S- mutant. Sin amor. No
2: amor. So Namor. He is without love, a loner. Uh, he is also a loner, L O. A-N-E-R, because Marvel Studios doesn't actually control the character. What? Really? The situation around Namor harkens back to the pre-Marvel Studio days. um, (sighs) Before they made Iron Man as its own independently produced film, the company was in the habit, (laughs) to say the least, of licensing selling off rights to the characters to other studios. X-Men to Fox, Spider-Man to Sony, etc. Namor is one of the ones that is still controlled by another studio. Universal so not that namor won't be back in the mcu um as a wakanda forever producer nate moore confirmed in the rap he can return but disney will not be able to produce a standalone movie about the character just like with the hulk it's similar to jeff's one step ahead of me on this Ah. uh this uh, namor situation is similar to marvel studios deal with universal for hulk neither can star in his own movie because Universal Pictures has the right to both characters and he can't appear by himself in marketing materials unless it's part of a series of posters. What did Universal do with Namor? Uh, well, Nothing. yeah, you know, well, you know, you it's wait for... the nature from, of the deal. I, you know, well, yeah, they're not going to let go of it even though they don't have any plans and probably what they're going to hope for is name, uh, Namor. Jesus Christ. Marvel creates some kind of buzz about the character and then maybe they consider exploiting it. But what... Wait, what did Namor come from? Is, so it's like it's a Marvel comic. Yeah, yeah but its own. Yeah, yeah. It you Namor it is, with the Human Torch oh, that. is one of the two original Marvel superheroes. They both debuted in Marvel comics.
3: Human Torch. So mm-hmm. you mean not Fantastic Johnny Storm? Four. No, Human not, Torch was around Jim long Hammond. before. Yeah, Non yeah. before Johnny Storm. Really? Yeah. Later on, Johnny Storm became the human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not he, know he that. He took that name, right. Yes. So. I mean, Kirsten uh, knows more about it than I do, but even I knew that. Look Trivia night over you here. So it affects your us. Friend, kids. Uh, as uh,
2: Morris said, it affects us. Uh, more in how we market the film than how we use them in the film. There really weren't things we couldn't do from a character perspective, which is good, because clearly. We took a ton of inspiration from source material, but we also made some big changes to really anchor him in that world in a truth that publishing never really landed on, I would argue, in a big way. So I think, uh, wait a minute, here we go. I've read every Namor comic ever written, and I love them. But the world of Atlantis is a little vaguely drawn. It's maybe kind of Roman. And so, Ryan is such a detail-oriented filmmaker that he wanted to anchor into something that felt as tangible and real as hopefully Wakanda fuels for people. And I think there was nothing from a business side anyway that was preventing us from doing that, which is great. So, I think... Uh, Barry, It's not directly like a copyrights issue on the word Atlantis. Mm -hmm. But I think that the whole (laughs) angle with Universal holding on to
1: Namor actually might have affected some of that thinking. You know what? I like how it turned out a lot better than if it were Atlantis. I think the whole Mayan angle is awesome. It really is. It
2: worked for me. They made it work. They made it work. I I think that, you know, I I regret Atlantis is not there only for nostalgia purposes. Because I really... It worked for me, and Thank it doesn't
1: you. confuse people between DC and uh, Marvel because you know people will be confused,
2: which is ironic because Marvel did it first.
1: So. I know,
3: but yeah, it, that, yeah. that's it's that deal is so weird too because uh, the Marvel characters that Universal licensed. They did it like in perpetuity as opposed to like when they signed it over to Sony, like it's a developmental thing, like they have to have something in development every few years with Spider-Man or any of the Spider-Man uh, universe characters. They have to keep doing something to retain that license or yeah. it reverts automatically back to Marvel that's not the case with Hulk, Namor, and uh, there's a few others they mentioned oh, in the this, article that I read. That this that they said Universal still holds on to this. This goes on for a while, so I
2: don't want to. I don't want to go deep into it because it was a couple of the characters. Th- it it um, let's see. Uh, okay, Marvel uh, contemporaneous. Uh, Variety report from i.e. from the from the eighties-90s. Marvel has scattered most of its hero at studios all over town by licensing the use of its characters for a fee. Fox was developing Fantastic Four with Chris Columbus scripting, Pete Seagal directing, planning a silver surfer standalone movie, to be directed by Australian auteur Jeffrey Wright, and had already locked down Brian Singer for X-Men. Universal had the rocketeer director Joe Johnston to direct the Incredible Hulk, and was working on Luke Cage with John Singleton. That could have been Mm. something. And the report also mentioned David Goyer scripted Venom at a New Line Cinema along with Doctor Strange. Elsewhere, Nicolas Cage was still holding out hope to play Iron Man. At this point, Marvel Studios had attached, of all people, Philip Kaufman, who had directed The Right Stuff and worked on Raiders of the Lost Ark, to a Namor Submariner movie um, in 1997, but no studio had committed. Marvel was desperate by 1999, and six months out of bankruptcy, Sam Hamm, famous for his Sam script Hamm. for Tim Burton's Batman, Batman. Sam Hamm. That, that had effectively jump started the current age of superhero cinema, had signed on to write the Namor script. At this point, Kaufman was still attached to direct. 2001, The Hollywood Reporter noted that Marvel Studios had attained the rights to The Submariner. The reporter said the project, which aims to be a major franchise for the studio, is expected to go out to writers shortly. 2002, Entertainment Weekly reported Universal hired David Self to write the Namor movie and that it would hit theaters in 2004. Later that year, Marvel Studios formally announced that a Namor movie would be coming and it would be their next project together after Ang Lee's Hulk in summer 2003. Then in December 2004, Chris Columbus again was formally attached to produce and direct working from self's script. By 2005, Columbus had already passed. The following year, Jonathan Mostow, who Dude, had directed stop Breakdown oh and U571, Dude, yeah. it goes on the rap folks. It's therap.com, and they they talk about uh, why Wakanda forever villain Namor won't get his own standalone Marvel Marvu movie. It's, but but it's, it, it's headache-inducing. It, yeah. it, it is massively complex. The,
1: what I got from that is I'm glad none of that happened because mm. we wouldn't have a cohesive universe like we do now.
2: Well, and it's funny because when you read shit like that, it begins to hint at the miracle that uh, unthreading Spider-Man, say, has yeah. happened and stuff like that. It's amazing that they can get anything... Jeez, Matt, really?
1: <laughs> smoking at the table? Oh, my God. He learned it from
2: watching you, Barry, okay? Oh he learned Lord. it from
4: watching, watching you.
2: you. Um, but, uh. Podcast. Yeah. No, we're, doing <laughs> we're doing a podcast. Sorry, we're smoking during the podcast. There we go. Hold on, hold on. There we go. We'll get that up on the layer. Yeah, uh, Barry bought a pack of candy cigarettes. Barry bought a
1: 24-pack of candy cigarettes. The the old
2: school
3: ones. The one that tastes like... uh, Chalk. Slightly sugared chalk.
2: (laughs) So there you go. So, Barry, you were kind of, sort of onto something. When you uh, when you had speculated, what the hell? Why the hell wasn't it in there? Huh. Although I agree totally with you, it it totally worked. Yeah, they really made it work. It was very cool, actually. Yeah, I loved it. Um, by the time this episode drops, ladies and geraniums, the Willow TV series will have dropped as well. Absolutely, I've been looking forward to this one. So now everybody, uh, everybody, you know, loses sleep wondering what happened after will the first good. Willow Wolfgood.
1: Yeah. Exactly, so... Well, we know what happened. Mad Mardigan marries... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, what's her name? Sorsha. Mm-hmm. And then they have a falling out, and mm-hmm. then he gets uh, through a problem. Oh, problems. yeah,
2: baby. Uh, the original, uh, and which actually did happen, so... <laughs> <laughs> In the, real life, folks, look the, it up. Yeah, uh, The original Willow film seems like the first act of a larger story, right? While it does end with the defeat of the evil queen, Bav Morda, thanks to Willow and his friends... Almost every other major character and storyline is left dangling. <laughs> dangling.
1: <laughs> I, I don't agree with that
4: at all.
2: Wow. Well, just listen. The whole film <laughs> is predicated on this small child, Elora Dannon, being chosen, the chosen one who'll save the world. But in the end, she's still a child. Yep. Did she ever live up to that potential, Jeff? Is the prophecy true, Matt? And what of the brave protector, Willow Ulfgood, Vlarg? He went to go be a wizard back with the one. Well, the he hell? did. He wanted to become a sorcerer. Did he make it that way? And that's... Sh- it's are understood just... that he would. It's well, a happy ending on the fucking movie.
1: It's great. Didn't need <laughs> anything else. <laughs>
2: Fuck. Those are two of the many, 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 many stories original creators George Lucas and Ron Howard hope to expand on after the film's 88 release. Because
3: wasn't there originally a a sequel planned and that just kind of fell
2: through? They always planned sequels. Willow 2, Willow Harder? but, you know, it didn't... uh Willow with a Vengeance? Well, you know, Weeping Willow, the Catastrophe. However, the burgeoning franchise-to-be never was until now, because this week Willow fans too. will Watch return it. to the Willow universe, and we, as the people behind the series, which of these dangling storylines <laughs> would be they're excited to explore. Now, showrunner John Kasdan said uh, this was really about Alora Dannon for us. We felt like it's such a rich story vein. The question of Alora's fate and how the world would be balanced on her shoulders felt like the promise of more stories to us. I personally don't agree, but whatever. And it feels like a promise we're hoping we just tickled in the first season and continue to play out. If yeah, if, if I'd done it, the first thing I would have been is everyone would have been just sitting around sad because you know, Alora like died of plague. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's wow, like Kirsten. five years old, and she's dead, and everyone's like, "How are we going to save the world now?" Damn Willow Percy. himself, Warwick <laughs> Davis, agreed that's after some, finishing the yeah dark, dark, shit, dark man. shit. That's right, Willow, grim dark Willow. <laughs> after finishing the first film, he always wondered what happened to Alora Dannon, and she probably got pregnant in fifteen and well, Whoa. went on to uh, serve burgers at a food court.
3: Note to Todd: <laughs> edit out. Wow. Nah leave it. Oh, leave it. So we all know that Vitamin
1: K is uh, That's right, dark man. Vitamin, vitamin. right.
2: Vitamin. Vitamin. vitamin K. Oh don't you dare. Aluminium. Aluminium. Vegemite K. <laughs> is she indeed Tamato. going to grow up and be the one of to kind of rule the kingdom and overthrow the queen? No we figured out she died of the plague. Yeah, yeah we never really discover that do we? Davis was also interested in finding out about his character's fate. Does he indeed become a sorcerer? Can he actually learn to do magic? Trailers seem to indicate... Nothing to do with, yes. uh,
4: we're going to pay you to reprise your role. Oh, nothing. my God. It <laughs> didn't man, hurt. Man. <laughs> nothing, man, nothing, man. nothing, Yeah, no. Would, nope. you like, would you take this briefcase to read? <gasps> yes.
3: <laughs> Not <laughs> for nothing, Matt. Good
2: Lord.
1: <laughs> so, it, Davis told us... If he- I were a famous actor, I would want all my paychecks to come in the form of, of a briefcase full of money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gold Krugerrands or whatever.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I want to be paid in Bitcoin. No. Uh, no. Davis no. told us he asked. he's asked all the time about the potential for more Willow, which is part of why he did the show in the first place. You know, you want to stop those questions, so you yeah. agree
4: to do the show. Well, they don't ask about Kilmer. Yeah. So.
2: Well, I always hoped uh, a Willow sequel would happen for the fans, not for myself, just because all these people have stuck with the love of Willow for 34 years. People come up to me on a daily basis. I grew up loving the movie. When are you going to do more. I really wanted to do it for them.
1: I would like to see Val Kilmer as the old swordmaster, and then just do, like, voice-alike, voiceover for him so he could talk. I want him to be in a magical wheelchair, and all he can do is
2: go
0: boop. <sighs> That's
2: Star Trek. I just want to always go back to that, though. Now, one of those people who may have been an early fan is Amar Chadapatel. On the show, he plays a mysterious warrior named Borman, who's imprisoned by Queen Shorsa.
1: Hmm. Borman. Sorsha.
2: Come on, come on, Jeff. Does that ring a bell for you? Borman. Not really. Director of Excalibur. Oh, I'm yeah. blown away. I God, was like, yes. I, I honestly wondered, did they fucking do that as I, a as a tip of the hat? I wonder have? who else even gets that reference I or film cares. geeks, not film fantasy far. geeks. Not making the connection. Deep. Come on, man. Who Borman? Who the really Jeff? You're gonna like partake in the cigarette? Uh, Why can- not? Oh Jesus!
3: I want to be cool like the other kids. So. <laughs> we're gonna, All right, we're gonna go smoke under the
2: bridge. So Borman is imprisoned by Queen Shorsa. Jo- Sorsha. Say Sorsha. Sorsha. There we go. Fine. Get it right. Joanne Wally reprising her role from the original film. No shit. And he says Willow was definitely part of my childhood. It was one of those escapist adventures I just grew up loving, along with Star Wars, Never Ending Story, and Labyrinth. That was my childhood for sure. And then. uh or two hours. Later, yeah. Anyway. He wanted to see uh, really what happened between Sorsha and. And Mad Martigan well let's not forget those two at the end of Willow the heroic Mad Martigan played by Val Kilmer has been fighting at Willow's side to protect Laura Dannon Sorsha falls for Mad Martigan becomes Queen and basically adopts Laura so it sounds like everything's like really cool
1: yeah everything was wrapped up nicely. but
2: apparently it's not oh, so oh, yeah we got the plague Two, yeah, weeks they, two weeks after the two weeks after she worked <laughs> after the shooting of Willow. that would be great. Oh my god! Kazden said he tried to get Kilmer to reprise his role. The fact that Med Martigan is not in the first season was basically always the plan. We wanted to tease this idea that he was out there somewhere. He's fighting the darker forces in the universe, but was not available to his family and couldn't come back from where he was. And that was definitely going to be built into it. And maybe in the moments when we thought we'd get Val out the whales. For the first season, COVID stopped that. Oh. So that's why there's no Kilmer yet. You know what? But that'll, that'll be enough to keep me watching for a second season. It, it could happen. Other things we want to find a place for, like what happened to the brownies? What happened to the fairies? I like
4: the brownies. Uh,
2: some of fun. them got very much the treatment that I hoped they would. Others, I it, baby. like I'm what happened? Taking a peepee. <laughs> <laughs> Best
0: well, line ever. So.
4: Willow, you can be my wingman.
2: Yo. No, anyway, yes. So there's stuff that's going to be answered. There's stuff that's going to be approached. We know Mad Martigan is not going to show up yet, but Joanne Wally's there, which is actually pretty good. And of course, Warwick yeah. Davis. So. Two things:
1: the Nintendo game sucked. The what? Well, that was all right. Arcade game was amazing.
0: Yeah, I just remember. Was I don't
1: see. I, I remember the
3: Nintendo game and how terrible it was. I'm not remembering the arcade game. Well, the Nintendo game was kind of like a
1: Zelda clone. Yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. it kind of played like that, and I it really didn't work. It just didn't work. Yeah. No, the arcade game was more of just like a hack and slash type of thing where you go oh, through okay. the forest or whatever, and then you could upgrade your weapons. There's like a choice, and it, it, was, it was really neat. I liked oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have to play Look that shit. up and remind myself. Played this. the shit out of that as a kid. And something you said. Irked me. It's not um, me. You were, yes, you. <laughs> you were you were reading it from the thing. Someone said, oh, you know, those movies. You know, that was my childhood. It was just two hours of your childhood. Yeah, I grew up with these movies. No, you grew up when these movies came out. That's great. You 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 talk about them with great reverence, mm. and that's understandable.
0: Mm. But what else
1: did you do with your childhood, Barry? Barry,
2: you're this you're this abhuman. You're this mutant. <laughs> what the who hell is it Sees with? a movie once and never sees it again. That's right. Those of us there who actually are capable of love <laughs> <laughs> will actually return to movies over and over again.
1: There's a lot of media <laughs> out there, man. There's a, there's well, a lot there of media is. and not a lot now, of time.
2: To to, uh, to Chad Patel's uh, credit, he says Star Wars, never ending story. Uh, labyrinth he lists a bunch of movies so you know it's like he's saying the this list of movies is part of his child it's not like it's just one movie that he saw one time like you know some weirdo might do i don't watch movies twice a lot yeah i know they've got to be really good like ghostbusters good oh god listen to this yeah
3: so we're
4: bad santa or yeah. Three uh, well,
3: a violent night. Bad Santa's I the one I still to... can't believe you've seen <laughs> as many times as you have. Only
1: but only cuz it's a Christmas movie. Uh, like Die Hard. Like Die Hard. Like yep. Die Hard. Die Hard Die the Hard, Christmas movie. Yep. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Who disagrees? And there we go. That's right. We have yeah. consensus. Motion carries. <laughs> Die Hard yeah. is a Christmas movie. Well, yes, it yeah. is. I'm fine It's fine been with
3: established. That. Some, th- somewhere th- Deb is screaming and she doesn't even know why. Yeah. She's like, "What the fuck is going on?" I'm going to text her right weapon, now. I'm going to say, Christmas "Die Hard movie. is a
1: Christmas movie." Let's see how long it takes for her to actually get back yeah, to
0: me yeah. about yeah. crap. <laughs> probably ignored
1: me.
2: now uh, Jeff. Yes. What's uh, what's your knowledge of D and D trivia? Not great. (laughs) Oh, good. Then I want you to join us when someday we play Trivial Pursuit, the Dungeons and Dragons Ultimate Edition. Oh,
3: God. This sounds like news you don't give a shit about. It has
2: come out, folks. Mm. There is a Trivial Pursuit D&D. Different categories, monsters, history, characters, 1,800 possible questions, the movers look really cool. You got iconic creatures like the Mind Flayer, Owlbear, Mimic, and Beholder. This is going to be wonderful.
1: What are the categories?
2: The cat- Well, I just named like a couple.
1: No, the categories.
2: Yeah, the categories. Monsters, uh, history, characters. Let's see what else we find. Um, Six categories are history, monsters, dungeons, and adventures. Characters and cosmology. Cosmology. Pulled from all five editions of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, there's going to be a lot I don't know in there. That's My fascinating. My goodness. The the movers take the form of iconic monsters like Beholders, Mind Flayers, and Mimics. And there is even a video trailer to check it out. So, hey.
1: So it's going to work just like the rest of the Trivial Pursuit games where it's best if you just read each other the questions and ignore the game.
2: Uh, probably kind of yeah you we know. went to
1: a little breakfast place in California where while we were waiting for our breakfast, they had little trivial pursuit things in the with the sugar packets and whatnot and so we were reading trivial pursuit to each other while we were waiting for our eggs. That was a good idea. Yeah. so maybe I'll buy this game and in in at my table, I'll have a little trivial pursuit d and d and so people can read each other questions while they're waiting for breakfast at my place uh, oh, that's awfully specific, but uh, okay, I entertain a lot. <laughs> I've made a lot of breakfast over this last week for people.
2: Well, this
3: last week. And also,
1: by the way, Deb said, already says, nope, disagree. Yeah. You can't disagree. It's been decided. Yeah. Motion already carried. Yeah, she's yeah. not here.
3: All dis- all dissent should have been registered There's no, prior there's no to... voting in absentia. Yeah, she's going to yeah.
1: have to uh, petition the Court of Appeals
2: <laughs> in six uh, months. Man, I know what appeals. All right, so do I have anything else to talk Well, we mentioned strange world bombing. Yes. I'm actually very disappointed in that. So I don't know, man. i was I was looking forward to seeing that. so yeah. I, I mean, I will see it. It just means the theater will be empty. Actually, I don't know why I'm sad because uh, the theater will be empty. It'll just be me. <laughs> it'll be great.
1: Do you say it's no. been a, it's been a slow geek news week.
2: It has been a slow week. so it, by the way,
1: that happens. I remembered what
2: I saw with Steve when uh, oh? I saw the poster. Now did we talk about seeing the Fablemans? No, okay. I, guess. I know
3: Steve like tagged me or something and said you, okay. you, you definitely need to see this movie. i had already right. planned yeah. on seeing it. We saw the Fableman. Oh, sorry, no. Darren's the one that messaged me and said I need to see so, it. Sorry, th-
2: that I kind of enjoyed. That was a, it's a fun semi autobiographical movie Of Steven Spielberg. Right, his family issues, him getting interested in film, uh, becoming a little film artist. It basically runs up to when he uh, starts working at uh, Universal. Yep. So it's actually a fun movie it's very entertaining um i definitely recommend seeing it it's a nice little flick michelle williams is great uh the guy playing um uh fableman who is the spielberg analog analog is uh does a good job so i just wanted to put that out there because i finally remembered it while i was looking around at uh strange world and stuff we went to the amc theater which uh, you know Whatever,
4: it's not. It's no galaxy, right?
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, Steve. Well, actually, it wasn't at the galaxy, which I think. Well, no, we couldn't get. It t- I don't know. Good story. Hell. Yeah. So. Yeah. So anyway, I did see it, and I definitely recommend it. It's a fun little movie. It's got some Hollywood insider business going on, which is always fun. I know, Jeff, you would appreciate that. That's uh, that's
1: cool. Oh yeah, there's that's another cool. movie coming out that. With the Margot Robbie uh, Babylon, right? Yes, that's, that's going to be like the Hollywood, that's like insider, a Hollywood thing. insider thing. That yeah. looked interesting.
3: That does. That does. That looks. If um, you do go, go, go see the good. Fablemans and you're interested in the actual story on Spielberg, because it is one of those truth is stranger than fiction kind of stories, like how he got started in the movie industry. Mm. Uh, there was a documentary from 2017, so what, five years ago? Yeah. Uh, Called Spielberg. It's on HBO Max right now. Uh, it's really a fascinating tale of how he got into the biz. Like he he talks about sneaking onto the Universal lot and basically pretending like he was supposed to be there, yeah. uh, which is kind of funny. I, I, hiding I, I, around on sets and then you know quizzing uh, directors of photography and and you know talking to people. Of, you know, oh how yeah, yeah how are you doing? What you're doing and and basically learning almost like on-the-job training mm-hmm. without actually being an employee at Universal. It's it's really a fascinating tale.
2: Yeah, didn't he actually uh, squat in an office? He actually yeah, he, he took an empty, empty office yep. and just used it, yep. and it
3: was really funny.
2: And, of course, this movie doesn't go there at all, right. which I found. Just kind of like, why didn't you do that? You should have. That would have been fun. So it did have a fun meeting where he meets uh, John Ford. And uh, that actually becomes an interesting. It's amazing
4: because if you do that now, you would never become a Spielberg. You'd be in jail, in jail, yeah, yeah. charged for trespassing, a whole mm-hmm. bunch of shit, blacklisted from Hollywood. And, yeah. But back then, oh, <laughs> don't do it again.
0: Yeah,
2: really.
4: Well, I, let's it's, give him an episode of Night yeah, Gallery to do. Let's see what he can do. It's, oh, I've always told
1: people, fake it till you make it. You, there know? you go every well, you, every job I've ever had, I I've been sort of qualified for. Told them I was mm-hmm, fully qualified for it, and learned it as I went.
3: Well, you also have to remember in the you know 60s and the 70s, Universal was on the verge of being a failed studio. Like it, They'd kind of basically tapped out a lot of their creative uh, licenses, and they were not making a lot of money, and they're not putting out a lot of films. They were mostly renting the back lot to other productions, which they still do, but... Uh, So it was much easier to sneak onto... The universal lot back then. <laughs> uh, it is nigh impossible now. Oh, the, the security is just increased. if yeah.
2: anything because of the uh, secrecy surrounding yes. movies now. They don't want anybody because exactly. that's that's it, it's not about a filmmaking kid grabbing an office pretending he works there. Yeah. it's about that fucking video vlogger who's right. going to be running around taking taking uh, shots and uh, videos and ruining, the movie. and, and ruining yeah. movies and, and teasing and and trolling
3: and shit like that. So that's what. That's what's going to prevent that. In but, fact, uh, Spielberg's well when Jaws came out, that was one of the first blockbusters. That was one of it's not the only one of, but it's one of the many things that helped turn that's right it, the fortunes around for Universal. They,
2: uh, they, they. I remember Alan Ladd and the other guys looking at that movie and watching the test screenings and like this might be something. Let's go crazy and let's release it. Ready for this, Jeff? Yep. On 400 screens at one time it's incredible i mean back then that was monstrous which is really funny because now
3: it's just like nothing well you think about it now too like you were lucky if your if your town had one movie theater you sometimes had to go out of town to watch a movie and and you were really in a a popular city if your movie theater had more than one screen yeah yeah uh, in fact i do remember when i was growing up the majority of the theaters uh that i went to as a kid didn't have more than three screens mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. and there was only a handful of them in wichita so yeah. no my my neighborhood which was a
2: small actually small suburban neighborhood had a two screen and people were just like woo that's something <laughs> so
3: it, yeah. it, it it made it, it, it make it much harder for like what Steve used to do with the the theater hopping because yeah. he, he couldn't just unless you want to
2: see movies more than once then they didn't care if you sat in the theater and watched it because more because you're, you're a ways. weirdo in fact yeah, i still remember
3: there was a uh, uh, god what was the name of that theater i remember this theater opening up and it had five screens and everybody was freaking out because all the other had two or three screens on it. What do
0: you do? And How it do
3: opened in front of a, one of what the malls. See? I want to say it was Town East Mall. My uh, oh, no, it was Town West Mall, excuse me. It was one of those crazy things. It's like, "Oh my god, five screens? What will they ever fill with content?" I don't know, man. Grown <laughs> up, up in a city, never had that problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> but, yeah, drinking
2: at 16, growing up in a city, man. Yeah, Quit rubbing it in. It's much
3: different now though. I mean, you know, it that 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 slight too, age gap between us is a huge difference in the way things progressed in uh, the cinema and yeah. the presentation and the way theaters were built and yeah. old theaters being torn down and replaced with multiplexes and stuff. Mm. So.
2: Or just burning down. One of Shoot, my,
3: th- yeah. I remember
2: visiting my hometown the one time I did in the 80s after we had moved and finding out my favorite theater out of town had burnt down. And it was like the second time it caught on fire. Wow. Like, what the hell, man? Mm. The Pacoag Rialto. That's where I saw Star Wars. That's where uh, my mom and I would go to watch Fantasia, mm. stuff like that. And gone. There, uh, there is like a, a Wikipedia chain where somebody actually... And I mean chain in that it's this, a whole mess of articles where people post information about old theaters that's how huh. i found out about that Crazy. so you can actually find out if you do a little digging you can actually find out about the theaters you used to watch movies in when you were a kid growing up and if they're still around and not and their history it's very it was it was it was a weird weird little uh, hole to fall into so i, I saw I th- the
1: godfather at the at the Chinese theater.
2: Mm. Well, the Chinese
1: theater, man, ah. that's, the, that's the place to go. God, that screen was enormous. Mm-hmm. It just stretched the entire way. And the, that, the seating, just, you, just, the whole area was huge. Yeah. It a long-ass movie to see in the theater. But it damn, yes, it one, is. Damn.
4: One of the first movies I went to go see, I don't remember what the movie was, but I was at a drive-in. So it was uh, in the middle yeah. of the field, outside of town, or the city, but you had to drive a little bit, and it had four four um screens and I remember watching People Under the Stairs with no sound. It scared the- I think it was People Under the Stairs. I don't remember if it was People Under the Stairs, but I just remember a really scary movie over there that I wasn't <laughs> supposed to be watching as a mm-hmm. as a young whippersnapper. And Dude, he's the, scared. The thing that I, the, blew my mind because I'm weird. watching like my, all my family's watching the one screen. I'm like mm-hmm. out the side of the window watching the other There's one, horror one over <laughs> here. I'm that horror that, way in the distance. Was, no sound, but it was still what I was seeing on the screen. I was like, holy shit! I'm not going to sleep
2: tonight. There was a weird phenomenon, and I I always thought it was a joke, but it actually happened. I don't even understand it. Where some uh, like drive-ins that would fall on hard times, especially as we started entering into the videotape age, they would actually have. X-rated movies. And it's like, how the, what? How the, <laughs> what? How the you
3: know, fuck... What? I vaguely remember that, too. How that yeah. the fuck does a drive-in get away with X-rated movies? I, I don't know, but I, I, <laughs> I do though. remember that phenomenon. Yeah.
2: We we drive by and there would be the uh, the the marquee, you know. Yes, and it's always uh, quite off a uh, quite off of the theater. But you're like drive by and I mean, something something rated X, and you're like, yeah. what? Oh, well, I thought maybe you movies saw the screen,
4: like, and your mom's like, she's just cutting the dryer. Don't worry <laughs> about it. I, okay. <laughs> eyes forward, okay?
3: <laughs> I do remember like the marquees because the marquees always cracked me up. The the names for the films like Ramboner yeah, or, yeah. Uh,
4: you know, God Rambo, is, first uh, uh, Bukaki. Yes, Stuck <laughs> in the
3: Dryer again, you know. It's just it, like the crazy names that they would have on the marquees, dude. But it was just was like, before. I really even knew what the fuck it was. Yeah. But. and these were these were
2: dilapidated because I remember yeah. seeing some of the. You know, there'd be like a a, a section missing that yeah. peel peeling down and shit like.
4: That. Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> it's funny. But well, it was, you being in tornado
4: country, I'm pretty sure like the squares are missing, right? Like there.
3: So where I grew up in Wichita, the the house that we had there was around the corner from where we lived a drive-in theater that i don't remember ever being open in the entire lived time i lived there it was always like teetering on the verge of reopening like somebody bought it and was gonna you know renovate it and reopen it and i remember that the final nail in the coffin for that place was we had uh, a tornado go through that area And it didn't directly hit it but the wind damage was high enough that it tore up a lot of the there were three screens because i remember we'd drive by them all the time you could see the screens just sitting there um and what they ended up doing was tearing that down and expanding the golf course that was right next to it so uh never ever saw a movie there but it was just funny like you'd always drive by these screens that were just sitting there for all intents and purposes in the middle of a field and you're just like, why is that never, ever
4: opened or yeah. reopened? I, I'm sorry that the kids nowadays can't experience that drive-in feeling, really.
1: They they kind
4: of can. It's, when I was in Houston, yeah. uh, mm-hmm.
1: I, I moved back to Vegas about, about a year ago now. Well, the drive-in's still here. And the drive-ins were, were coming up again in Houston, oh. uh, where they'd show not really new films. they show like... Like, Go, like, like Ghostbusters, like second row. You know? you know? right,
4: right. I don't or, just or mean like second the second or third films film films. shown, though. Like I mean, like you, you reverse the van, you open up the back and like a blanket out, or you're on top yeah, of the car. But like, you can you, know, you can do all that.
2: the big thing. The big thing is the uh, incorporation of uh, sound technology, yeah. where you run it off of your car's stereo. Yeah, yeah. You tune that's, into a specific that's, channel. That's
4: I think is the genius move. Oh, you don't gotta like twist around the wire from the yeah, and you hang it on your window, <laughs> hang it on the window <laughs> watching your
1: movie. And but do they have the car hops? No. No. I want the car hops back. With the short skirts and the the roller skates? Oh, yes. Roller skates on the well Yes, kids, you will never
3: understand the experience of this giant stainless steel speaker box Mm -hmm. that you would hang on your window, and it had a tiny, tiny little volume knob that Mm. was almost always broken. Yep. You could only turn it up so high... And frankly, most of the time, if you turn it up to max, it would just start crackling. So, yes, exactly. And you would just not get... A good audio. Yeah. It, it was funny track it was very for your funny. film, but you
1: had the car hop come around and deliver your hot dogs and popcorn and soda. Wow,
3: well, we did um, some, some 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 did. Some, some didn't. did. Some did. Some did. Um, you had to go to the snack bar. Yep. There was always the funny time to go to the snack bar, especially when they would run the the little intermission. It's like let's, let's all go to the snack bar.
2: Let's all go to
4: the snack lobby. bar lobby. Yeah. You just see like a mass of people, like The Walking Dead, like running to. You're like, oh, gotta get ahead of those guys, and you're oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm, I'm 16 people deep. Son of a bitch. I remember the bathrooms
1: never being a good
4: thing. No. no
3: and all the sodas dirty, were, were pre-poured. They would just have yep. lines of Coke or Pepsi. And then yeah. you, you just picked it up. You picked up your popcorn, which was also ready. And then you would wait in the line to get checked out. And uh, Playground. Little
2: playground. Yep. Uh, there was always a little playground I in did. there. Yep.
3: Yeah. Something for the kids. Mm-hmm. I, I, not a drive-in theater, but the the, the theater that I have most distinct memories of in Wichita was called the Crest Theater. I may have mentioned that on the podcast before. This was your classic old movie palace style theaters. Single screen, but also um, had a stage. That they could raise the um, the screen up and they mm-hmm. could have uh, performances up there, either live performers and or a stage play. Um but you're talking like the old classic hand painted murals on the sides of the, the walls of the theater and uh, the old really that the red velvet yes. everywhere. Yeah, that's what I think of. Where, when I think of the Chinese theater, where the oh, curtains. That's what it was yeah. when your movie started? The curtains would open up, mm-hmm. and uh, that one was just really cool. And I remember they tried uh, the city tried to get it. Uh, established as a historic landmark because it was one of the last of those classic movie palaces yeah. in that area of the state. And I remember that the the drive failed and they ended up getting it shut down and then it would be occasionally leased out for special events. Right. Uh, I, still, I still remember there was the, the most press that place ever got uh, prior to it closing for good was they had... Uh, Tammy Faye Baker came and performed on the stage. <laughs> oh, my God. Boy, that sounds like your it hometown. Was, it was all over the newspaper. I remember going, really? That's the thing that they're going to mm-hmm. put on the front page? What did she do? <gasps> she was singing. That was her thing at that time. I think She was a if singer. If I remember, uh, it was right after uh, Jim Baker went on trial. She was touring the country doing... Uh, vocal performances yeah. uh, as a way to kind of, you know, well, it was, support it was, herself. It was but,
2: funny because their televangelism, yeah. you know, the TV was them just asking for the blah, 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 right? Right. But in terms of live appearances and stuff, her gospel singing was actually part of
3: the, dare I say it, the uh, Well, the, the initial, act. yeah, I was going to say you know? the initial appeal of the show for a lot of people was listening to Tammy sing. Right. But, yeah. uh, but no, uh, I that... It eventually shut down. They didn't do any more live performances or anything in there, and it fell into disrepair and eventually got torn down, which I thought was really sad. Mm. I, was, we
2: had a, the Biograph in Chicago. I wonder if that's still up and running because I think that I think that actually got landmark status. I can't remember, but fact, that's that was one that was like like the Chinese with the whole curtains and the thing, and actually had a dude playing the organ before the movie started. That's you know? awesome, you know.
3: So. Is it, was it is it the Paramount in New York that's a I a classic so. restored uh, so. movie palace? And then uh, if you live anywhere close to Los Angeles, there's the El Capitan, which yeah. uh, is another restored. Disney nah, bought yeah, it yeah. and restored hey, it some to some of the seedier theaters classic. up north
1: in Vegas. They got a guy playing an organ outside
3: too. <laughs> <laughs> you don't nah. want to know what kind of
1: organ he's playing though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah,
3: if you ever want to check out a classic <laughs> movie palace, you know it's worth seeing what it was like. In the, you know, the 30s, 40s, etc. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, go there
4: for ice cold AC. It oh, is, yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. That was, <laughs> yes. that was yes. the Oh, huge yeah. What's drive? playing? Who fucking cares? let right. <laughs> <right. laughs> I will warn M- you. men though, are there with hats and, you know, <laughs> trench coats, reading the newspaper. And <laughs> 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 no, they're getting their news from uh, <laughs> the newsreels. Yeah.
0: The yeah, yeah. newsreels. Yeah. yeah.
3: Dateline. Yeah. Yeah. All, yeah. all <laughs> the
1: Dateline, Chicago.
3: I will warn you, though, if you do go to a place like the Capita El Capitan, uh, and you have long legs. Be aware that it's an authentic restoration, so the chairs are the old springy uh, folding chairs that don't have a lot of cool. that don't have a lot of leg room between you yeah. and the row in front of you. Oh so. yeah, I
2: used to slump down and prop my
4: feet up against the back of the chair in front yep. of me.
3: That, that was kind of the classic way of doing it for yeah. a lot of
4: people, yeah. And the classic movie experience like that is you're alone there, you your feet up, and the one guy comes in, he comes down <laughs> your that row. No, okay, he's going to the front row. Okay, yeah. then he comes to that row. No, no, you fucking... What the fuck? Fuck you, you motherfucker. Right in front of yeah. Right in front of you. I always
3: hate it. That it's like, you can sit anywhere. Why are you sitting right in front of me? Yeah. yeah.
1: Asshole. Yeah. And the seats weren't quite tilted enough. To see over that person. Yeah. Which sucks because if nope. you're
3: like, a short person like me. And then if they would like sit up straight, you're trying to look around them and then they would like lean to one side and you're like, Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, really.
4: And you yeah. never got in your head like I could move. You're like, yeah. I was here first. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's
1: true that's true too. I
3: yeah. I would, I I I, the I guy with one, a trench
1: coat in the back of a theater, what's he doing? I, I will play playing the organ.
3: I will own the not moving because at that point it was you're saying in your chair out of spite. Like, you fucking sat in front of me. Now I'm going to yeah. sit here and you're going to move. What's your move? <laughs> write to us. Comments at Ugly
1: Couch Show. Ugly couch.
3: See, wow, see dude. You, see what
4: you did, nice. to me, Barry. Oh. Going see to see the what past. you did to me Barry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Screw the people with their write ins because they didn't write in what I asked them to write in last time. I asked you people for a list of good eight. Player board games that are good for like... There uh, is none. Th- there are a few. And it, found, it turns out, you know Sushi Go, that game for like four people? There's a Sushi Go party version that is good for like up to eight or nine or ten people. And we, we bought it because we, we're going to have some people over pretty soon. Mm. And it's pretty good. It's It, it, it translates well. Uh, I mean, the, the mechanic's slightly different than the original, mm. but it's a good party game so check out sushi go and if you know any board games that are like eight players that are really good i swear to god if you tell me like the campaign for north africa i'll shoot you um <laughs> write in comments at i oh, see i almost did it oh, too Shit. Oh yeah. comments well, at geek podcast maybe that's the,
2: maybe that's the thing maybe they wrote in the ugly show, uh, ugly count yeah uh, maybe they ugly they wrote i count can't cast, even say it <laughs> Uglycountshow.com and they're just sitting there piled up in the server i know it all redirects
3: shame. now anyway except yeah. for the email so well except so the yes email. what is your eight person board game write to us comments at geekshockpodcast.com uh we want to thank all of our Kofi supporters uh Thanks for helping us keep the light on.
1: Thanks Ooh-hoo. for being patient
3: with us. Let's well, thank
1: our uh, let's thank our tier five members. Let's well, let, thank let me finish Lively my thought, Martrin and Leon Mi- and Aussie Matt and Jeff. Okay, I was gonna <laughs> say it's six people from the tier five. I was
3: gonna let you do that afterwards, but sure. That's eh, uh, all chaos. Uh, no, uh, and, and thank you again for being patient with us as we try to figure out our weird schedules over the last month. Uh, you know, have Todd and I tagging out uh, every couple of weeks. Uh, with his schedule, my schedule, etc. Uh, Devin Barry having family in town, which Ugh. can't possibly be uh, fun for you, Barry. Aww. Being around people I know is not fun for you in general. No. So no. Uh, and then <laughs> I got to take like five pills to be around you, people. poor poor Matt, not knowing what his schedule going to be the very day that he actually arrives to work. Hell. So thank you for uh, for sticking with us, and until next week. Oh. Well, cursive. What? No thanks know. for me not you, you having a, a
2: job, so I'm always available? I'm just <laughs> going to say you over there. <laughs> I'm taking a bullet here. You
1: have a very uh-huh. flex- flexible schedule. <laughs> Dude, Matt lives like six doors down from me. I hardly ever see him. Just, oh, their right. schedule sucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. Oh, but by the way, let's also thank our Tier 4 members, J.R. uh Atomic Gumby, King Bald, and Deb. That's right. I just went right Other past Deb. it, so you don't have to. Other Deb. So you don't have to uh, try and explain uh, to us well, why your accent sucks. By the way, KingVold, thank you again for the uh, oh. donation. <clears throat> totally King KingVold, you're the best. Oh, see, you're supporting that. That's
4: what you're supporting. There you go. That's more like a Dutch accent.
3: It's almost kind of masochistic in a way. It's like, let me give them more money so they can do more terrible. Terrible, uh, awful things yeah, to my language. Exactly. Keep us going.
1: I want you to learn some words in Norwegian. Things to say.
2: Uh, well, I know naughty words I know naughty well, Swedish words Well, those are the things that are important but, Well, it, that's not the same Oh, okay
3: We didn't ask you to imitate Swedish chef It was
2: really funny I, uh, in, in school, had a Norwegian friend and a Swedish friend and, uh, Did they hate each other? Uh, no, but they would tease each other a lot yeah. Whenever Eric, Eric was the um, Viking the Norwegian guy Of course he, Whenever hair, he'd come beard, in, beard, all that. He, would, he would be like Knudstansk, <laughs> which is fuck Sweden Mm. So he was always just like fuck Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> what did the other ones say? Actually, Peter was kind of a quiet guy, and he would just shake his head and like, uh. of course, it's Peter and Eric, of course. Poor, yeah, Peter, Eric, yeah. Thomas. Yeah. So I knew one guy who was Torius. Torius? Yeah. I mean, we we would he pronounce was the Finnish him, guy. We would pr- no. He was uh, a. <laughs> Is he that, was that Danish. the Swedish
4: pronunciation of Torgo.
2: Well, actually, it, it, we would call him Torges. Oh wait, 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 wait.
4: Sorry, Finnish guy would be Kimmy. What am I saying? <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I think it just played out.
2: That's fine. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, learn yeah, some Norwegian. Learn Norwegian. Uh, I well, well I need
1: the king vault to tell me all about and not it. not just a word every so often, because th- th- I need a phrase. You need a phrase? This is going to be an educational podcast. Yeah, you go one. You're going to learn things, and we're going to learn a phrase every
2: time. <laughs> That's my challenge. Let's talk to Torgo about a new segment, Norwegian
3: Phrase of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> And until next week, I am '80s Jeff, Norwegian K, Vlog,
4: Maple Leaf Matt,
3: and we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Your Vitamin K, maybe. Yeah, vitamin K.
4: yeah. We'll yeah. yeah.
2: see you Dan.
4: Maybe. 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 Oh, maybe. Who knows
3: what group of us will be Man. on the Who knows right. what yeah. your mystery schedule is like? Look at look Slavic yeah. mobster Matt there with his with oh, his gold chain my... and his Adidas. I got uh, another pack in my. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? Yeah, really. The shadow knows.
1: Oh, squatting Slav, no. Right. Squat- <laughs> squatting Slav, <laughs> squatting Slav, news. La- Latvian or something, right? Like yeah, yeah, some kind of whatever. Geek shock,
4: Latvian. yes. <laughs> <laughs>